What is the one quality that you possess that makes you think that you can walk out here and come to the ring and face the very best in the business? Ruthless aggression. The stipulations for this Sunday's Cadet Lewis Park match are as follows. I forgot to tell you. I lie! Who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Triple H! I'm not afraid of you! Now, you know what's so fun? The says chicks did it, dude. You know, hey, my bad. My B. Next time, next time we meet Darby Allen, I'll have him do it. There's not gonna be a next time. Ric Flair, what are you All doing right, here? Flair. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I'm trying to die. I'm swinging for my last match, but it hurts so bad. <laughs> and lethal. You're not getting on the card, brother. You know, he's got a bad attitude, and, you know, quite honestly, I don't like black people. Ah, oh, Rick, jeez. Oh, God. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like how Jay Lethal wants to be paid for his work. He knows I don't have any money. I spent it all on hookers and beers. So that's good. Oh. <laughs> so you're going to say meth or something? I mean, have you seen this team? Meth, woo! Like, I love Ric Flair. It's crocodile teeth! Like, this, these last two years... Have really made me not like Ric Flair. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, to be the man, you gotta beat the man. So why don't you just? And he uh, beats the man. I'm sure. Yeah. It turns out he's gonna but get in the yeah, ring for like, his last match, and it's just gonna be a mirror because the biggest opponent is himself. <laughs> that's, that's, that's storytelling, brother. <laughs> that's the only person left who will work with him. It's Ric Flair versus Inner Demons. Oh, he just no shows the match. Claire versus a bottle of alcohol. I mean, that's been the, that's been the uh, the long term story right there. Book it, Conrad. The long term story. Right now, that's that's on the plane. Rick Flair versus a divorce lawyer. Ooh. Someone pointed out on Twitter that uh, Vince McMahon has spent more on ladies than he did on WCW. So that's uh, Yeah, he, he did that with the, first, with the first lawsuit. He had spent more on women than he did WCW. Jeez. <laughs> so I think with that WCW for like a million. It was like 4 million and the the one was lady. It? Yeah. I it was like what? Well, I mean, either I way, Trump changed to him. He, he, he spent like 3 1 million on one, 3 million in another, 7.5 million on one. So and Court, oh Corny broke this down, and he's like, "Oh, corn dog!" Yeah, I'll do, I love this <laughs> Cornet. He's so funny. Like, I don't agree with with all of his points. And I don't agree with everything he says, but like, yeah, he's a funny right, dude. When he's, when he's right, he's right, and when and he's very funny. Um, but he was talking about 
to Vince. He's like, okay, why, why is he picking out the paralegal that can get him in trouble? When let's just say you get a good Connecticut prostitute. What's that going to cost? $150? How many times would you have to have sex with a with a quality... He's, and he's sitting, you can hear him doing the math on his, his machine. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, Brian, he could have had over 13,000 liaisons with the lady of the night. Yeah, for real. <laughs> oh, dude. It's like a woman. You are flying all over the country. It's you are a bajillionaire. Are you telling me you can't get just like high price hookers or just go to like the Bunny Ranch in Nevada or something? The Bunny you Ranch. You go to Las Vegas. You pick up the phone. It's a legal yeah. whorehouse. Yeah. Levi, we got to take you there sometime. Yeah. No. <laughs> <That'll be fun. laughs> nah. Like, come on, Levi, give me your weenie. No. Come on. You find you find the one you find the one girl in there who has a speech impediment. She's like, "Hello." She's like, "She's a 10, but she's got a really bad." List. You ask her, "Okay, before I have sexual intercourse with you, what's your favorite wrestler?" Oh, Eugene. Let's just do it. I just scream and slap a lot. <laughs> I like to do Eugene style, really slow. <laughs> I like to do it Eugene style, like everyone else you've ever seen, but technically very sound. Oh, come on. He, oh, that's that's good. Oh, come on. He's a special he's got, boy. He's a, he's a, uh, uh, what, JR? It sounds like you want to say a word. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think I like, to, I like to go to the bunny ranch. I, I prefer to go to the mobile ranch. You go there to get the you get the girls that they got the milk coming out of their oh. their fingers. Uh. It's warm. Uh like 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 mama's milk, you see. And it's like warm and salty. It kinda tastes like a like sour it, cream and beef. That's actually oh my what we've been using as part of our new JR sauce. It's a it's more of a a white meat like a chicken sauce. Anyway, people, welcome to the Ruthless Aggression you Podcast. You can use it on a salmon. <laughs> wow, JR did not break there. Oh, yeah, I got I, I, I got a hard shoot on Jim Ross. <laughs> I was going hard. I wanted to get salmon out. <laughs> salmon out. Folks, I got salmon out. Oh, my God. It must be the white sauce. My God. Oh, Don't yeah. use the, the milk finger sauce. The milk. Jim Ross's his uh, barbecue sauces are good. His seasonings are good. But I'll I'll be honest, like the chipotle ketchup is a big disappointment. Main event mustard. Really? is mid. It's mid event mustard. Well, like mid event. Because I I got some of that Whataburger spicy ketchup from Walmart, and I was like, damn it, I love this stuff. And then let's put it in the fridge. I was like, oh yeah, I still have like more than half a bottle of JR's spicy ketchup. Nah, not near as good. Do a better job, yeah, I guess. The, the entire uh, commentary <laughs> team right now has been kind of doo-doo, doo-doo better. I like they've changed it up to where, like, it's just has Shivani and Excalibur for the first hour of Dynamite, and it's pretty good because I, I like Taz and Excalibur's chemistry. Yes. But together well, yeah. whenever Jim comes out, it's like, like occasionally he'll do something good. Like uh, on I watched Rampage on Friday, and Tony Nese did like a – kind of like an upper body scissors which not a lot of people do and jim was like wow you know upper body i don't see that too often it's a real classic move and i was like good that's insightful jim and then other times it's like it's a ref distraction spot and it's not the smoothest thing in the world but it's part of the story and he's and he's like come on what are you doing just calling uh, john (laughs) progression basically stupid 
Oh wow! It's like and in the end, it's, it's like the ref looking right at it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, dude, because he's doing it on purpose. In the end, you find out it's like now you just look like a jackass, Jim. Anyways, that's my Jim rant. That's my raw. That's my Ross report rant. <laughs> my Ross report. Here's my Ross. Here's my Ross report. Jim Ross <laughs> needs to hang it up. That's what they say. They say I, I'm old. They say I ain't got no passion. They say boom, I don't boom. care about the wrestling business. And I got I got so much Alzheimer's that I keep oh calling my Ruby Soho. I call her Ruby Riot. I call him Andrade. I call him Andre the Giant. I call him I call him, I call him all sorts of I call him Chick Magnet Phil, even though I wasn't even in that division. <laughs> we got Colt Cabana, all right. He he's still here. He hasn't worked in six months, but he he's still earning a paycheck. Like Ernie Ladd would say, "You're stealing money." That's what Ernie Ladd would say if he if he saw Colt Cabana sitting in the locker Colt room. Cabana. Like Jim Ross at the WWE 2K14 press conference, I have lost all control before I even got control. <laughs> and I think I think that notwithstanding. I would like to welcome you all to the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. I'm Levi, joined as always by that big juicy Kyle. Kyle, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing just fine. Can't complain, can't complain. Dang it, I was hoping you were doing awful. Anyway, joined as always to my left. Ah. It's good old Jake R. It's Jake, one take Jake back in the booth. How are you doing, good sir? I'm going to be grumpy about most of the show, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm I'm well, thank you. I, I, I got to uh, have a good old time yesterday, and, and now I'm I'm ready to to discuss this, this sh- show, if it can be so called. Uh-huh. And of course, today we were reviewing Unforgiven 2004. Unforgiven. This event took place September 13th, 2004, in Portland, Oregon. At the Rose Garden, now known as the Moda Center. It's still the Rose Garden. Oh, okay. So we don't like Moda? No, it's dumb. <laughs> Something. I, I hate when there are big venues and their name is there for so long, and then it's like, well, we're changing it. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, well, great. Yeah, <laughs> it's really, really bad. It, it was the Rose Garden from the time that, they, that it was founded, that it was built. And then they're just like, all right, well, we're going to sell the rights to Moda Health. And it's, yeah, it's been bad. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's in the Rose Quarter, too. So it's like, it's just always like, it's the Moda Center at the Rose Quarter. Gosh, things that make me have poo-poo diarrhea. Oh, don't even get <laughs> me started on Moda Health. Yeah, I got a Moda Health for you <laughs> right here. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, we can we can talk about the the rose garden. I've been there quite a bit. Mm. We can, but we won't. Okay. So we have an attendance tonight of ten thousand. So they really packed it in for this uh, mid tier pay per view here. But there's a good reason for that. This is the first ever WWE pay per view in Portland, Oregon. We have a buy rate of 239000 so it's a little solid number for this pay-per-view here, of course. Our theme song tonight is Survival of the Sickest by Saliva. And fellas, what did you think about this song? Mm. I'll be honest, I, I hardly noticed it in the show. They didn't really yeah. play it as much as they should have. They, they played it during the intro, but it just kind of 
It, it was very. It just kind of sounded like every other song. Yeah. Did they ever have a point where they hyped it up like, "Oh, the theme is whatever Bachelor"? Because, like, to be real, it sounded a bit generic. It made me wonder, like, is this like a Jim Johnson thing or, <laughs> or what? The fact that they let it play meant that they had to get like some soup. Like, either saliva made it for them, or it was like just a super cheap, uh, like royalty. It was Wait. a saliva cover band called Spit. No, I mean they did play it. They played at the beginning of the show and they shouted it out in the middle and played it at the end but like like it was so subpar I was just sitting there thinking like what makes a band think that a song like this should be made I mean there's like a billion of them that sound just like this like and the Mm -hmm. fact that you guys didn't know the difference I think says it all like what a terrible (laughs) song it just it really wasn't memorable like I literally at one point um, when it was showing like match graphics and it was playing like a generic song I was like should I look this up? Is this somebody or no? Eh. <laughs> so bad. And like, man, saliva, oh, yes. saliva, the, you know, they got their hits. Like always at Survivor Series 02. Perfect song. Yeah. Damn right. This was garbage. Hot mm-hmm. I guess uh, the music industry is ready to spit that saliva out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because they're done. Our sponsor tonight is Clearasil and uh, guys mm. look under your desks yeah <gasps> oh, dude, I, oh my goodness I got, you, I got you your own box of Clearasil to clean up those hideous faces of yours how did you know we're wrestling this fans we're big greasy <laughs> discord mods you know so Here, uh, uh, this is just me running my finger across my greasy face <laughs> <laughs> I need some Clearasil our tagline tonight is insane pain cane cane and uh what what else do you need to say like uh watching cane no. brings me pain <laughs> and drives me insane <laughs> <laughs> and this is the second unforgiven that we've had a cane poster it's like get him out of here i know why is he the face of unforgiven I don't know. He sucks. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, we'll get to it, but I I hate on Max Kane. I hated Kane so much in this this uh, this show. Does, we he, will does definitely... he eventually ever get better? No. I, I swear, like whenever I was watching him when I was like a teenager, I was like, yeah, "This isn't too bad." No, we just have our memories of Kane from the Attitude Era, and we're like, "Oh yeah, he's cool." When he comes out, he he does yeah. cool things. But analyzing him. No, and we've already been through this. <laughs> we'll get been... into this more in the show, but right now, let's yeah, yeah, rock yeah. and roll into that opening package. The future of evolution. Third generation superstar. Bred for success. Gordon, you were to be my pet project. When his time came. To become a champion. He's now the youngest world champion in history. He became... It's time for you to make a choice, Orton. Orton, hand me that championship now! Orton just spit in the face of the game! I did something that I've wanted to do for a long time.
Randy Orton, I brought you into this world. And this will fight you want. And I will take you out of this world. You got it, Randy Orton. Don't you dare call me Randy Orton. That title is mine. Call me the world heavyweight champion. And now, Raw presents WWE Unforgiven. So we get an opening package. It's pretty standard stuff. I mean, Orton has been betrayed. Like, <gasps> that's crazy, right? Part of evolution for, what, two years? Even illusion. What do you guys think? It is a mystery. This? Yeah. This is, uh, you know, Hunter. Hunter, man, he can't he can't share the spotlight. Whether it's Shawn Michaels with, with DX or it's, you know, anybody with evolution or the two-man power trip with Stone Cold Steve Austin. He just he just can't work with anybody. He has to have the spotlight for himself. Wait, did they have a proper breakup now that you say that? Or did he just tear his quad and they separated? Well, you know, he couldn't share the spotlight, man. He, so his quads couldn't stand alone like Dave Batista. Dang. Like dang Batista. <laughs> dang Batista. <laughs> you know, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm, um, I'm watching this opening package and, you know, they play the, the saliva song over it and I'm just like, wait a second, are... Are they playing the main event package at the beginning of the show because we don't have that much story to work with? Man, we it's got s- clearly a one match show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, on paper, um, and perhaps in practice as well. But what did you guys think of this package? I mean, I thought it was okay. You got the point across. Yeah, it's, it's okay. It's just your bog standard, you know, just trying to get you. It's like intense and oh, it's personal. It's fine. <laughs> I think I think opening packages do a lot to set the tone for what you can expect in the show, and this opening package lets you know that you cannot expect a whole lot. In my opinion, Randy Orton made a heck of a baby face, and I'm curious to see how this all plays out because the general consensus for the average wrestling fan back then was that Randy Orton, no one wanted to cheer him. But, like, I was ready. Like, I'm like, wow, Randy Orton, he's got this cool new entrance theme. He's got the the uh, the golden shower pyro. Like, this dude's cool. What'd you guys think? The golden. The golden. Yeah, I like this era of Randy. I like the uh, <laughs> legend killer Randy. I was ready for it, man. It's just, it's I, I'd never seen this. This is a point in, like, the reign of terror was honestly something I was lucky to miss out on because at this point in my life, I had, as a kid, I had moved. And so... I went from a place where I could only watch like UPN and three other channels to an entire like 200 plus satellite. And so I kind of forgot about wrestling for a year and a half. And uh, well, you yeah, picked the perfect know. year. Let, let me be frank. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Came back in 06 and was like, hey, how's everybody doing? You know, holy crap. You know, I, I just want to throw this out there. Sorry to interrupt you, Jake. I just want to throw this out oh. there, man. I know at the beginning of season three, I hyped up, man, I can't wait for 04. Like that's such a great year in my mind. But Oh my gosh, what a horrible year this is. Yes. It's one of those things where it's like, this sucks. I can't be the only one. And like, since we have rec- like started covering it, I just offhandedly hear a lot of people being like, yo, yeah, 04, yuck. And I see why. I do see why. Go ahead, Jake. 
Oh, I was just making a golden shower joke. <laughs> come, come on, fuck! Right now, if you go to JR's BBQ, you can get my golden shower mustard. Uh, Jim, don't do that. <laughs> oh, uh, 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 main event mustard. Excuse me. Uh, Conrad is such a drag. Speaking of drag, next match. Got no. <laughs> <laughs> um, By the way, before we get to that, can once again, I, 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 it's a runner for me at this point. Hugo Savinovich's suit never fits. Mm-mm. He likes those big boy suits. That's right. He's a big boy. That's what I tell my son. I think at one, who's I, a big boy? At one, I think at one point, he like big suits were popular, and then he just never updated the fashion. He was like, no, this still looks good. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I'm like, no! You look rumpled. Do you think Vince McMahon ever cursed him out in Espanol? No, he had. So no. I bet you, I bet you, he cursed him out, and then he's like, "Translate it for him, pal." I just, like, I just want to picture happened? him, just like, "Hey, what's going on in the Spanish commentary?" <gasps> what did he just say? Donde está la coochie? Perhaps he was talking about something else, though. Raw and Clarisil present Unforgiven. So, so cue the pyro. We got a big, juicy, delicious, delicious, juicy, juicy set. Kyle, can you describe the set to our listeners? No, I refuse. What? I don't want to, Levi. Oh, no, oh it's a heel turn. He's wearing sunglasses. <laughs> What's wrong with him? Building. I know, right? Why do you think you care about the stage, dumbass? Anyways, oh, uh, hey. I actually kind of. This is one of the. Ooh. Nuclear heat. Are Levi and uh, Kyle headed for a collision? Our clear um, cell. Zit zapper. Spot of the night. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is one of those stages that's like a bit more simple. Like there's not a whole lot of theatrics going around, but I actually really like it for what it is. Uh, just to give you an idea, dear listener, at the top of the ramp, there is a pretty big Unforgiven logo. That's kind of like, you know, by the curtain where people come out. Uh, to left and right, there's like these angled walls, but above it is like two connected trons that are also angled. It kind of reminds me of like a dual monitor setup for a PC. Yeah. And what's really neat about it is they would put the uh, the match graphics up there, which is a nice touch I like that they do every once in a while. And then above that was another kind of dual tron setup that just showed your like traditional entrance videos and stuff. But I, you know, I liked it. It's cool as that. It's a tag match as Bautista and Ric Flair take on William Regal and Chris Benoit. Not a lot of background that we don't already know at this point. Both Regal and Benoit are seeking revenge on evolution. One for Eugene and two for, you know, general purposes of Benoit being the champ and Triple H being like, you got my belt, boy. So here we are. You know, Benoit, he's kind of he's kind of fallen here, huh? He went from the main event to curtain jerking. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the the first match is a feature match. It's just as important as your main event. It's true to an extent, but at the end of the day, nah, you went on first. Not, so yeah, I'd say 
That's a fake narrative made by people who want to get all their shit in first. Uh, it's so a predetermined no narrative. Cool. What's wrong with you? Uh, I, I, I think there's truth to that, but I think in his case, going from literally the main event, the last pay-per-view, to the first match, like I can't see it as anything but a demotion. So yeah. It's like heating up the crowd. Dude, you were literally had him eating out the palm of your hand a month ago. Like, what's up? <laughs> this sucks. Yeah, they did not do that. Yes. Yes. And uh, it's it's interesting to see William Regal and Chris Benoit together. One of the one of the notable interviews on the the Chris Benoit Memorial Show when he uh, when he passed was William Regal as he. It's <laughs> easy way to put it. As he differed from everyone saying, you know, what a great man Chris Benoit was, and he'll be missed. Regal's speech indicated that he knew something, and it's kind of hard for me to like not think about that when I see them come out together. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that, watching that one clip. I haven't gone back and watched the Benoit tribute because it's just, I don't know. I watched it live when it happened, and since then it's just been too weird to go back and watch. But, yeah, that was very telling by Regal. In lighter news, though, Eugene's career is over. Yay. According to commentary, as they're making the entrance. uh, In a steel cage match with Triple H, Triple H came off the top rope and drove his knee into Eugene's shoulder. So uh, I think that's what they're alluding to here on um, on commentary. They say on Sunday Night Heat, Eric Bischoff said that Eugene would never wrestle again. <gasps> no. But you know what? That jacket's not green, so uh, you know he's wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Point there. Well, with that being said, let's get underway. To start the match here, Benoit hits an arm drag on Batista, and he brings in Regal. JR calls William Regal a southpaw. And you know what? That's a term I hear all the time. And like before I can make a Google search, just to be like, what is a southpaw? JR explains that that means he's a left-handed fighter. And uh, I just want to say, Jim Ross was on on this pay-per-view, man. He was, he was excellent. For the most part, until like later on in the show as it drug on, like... He and uh, and King got very married couple bickery. But, <laughs> yes, they like, did. Early on, I would agree he was definitely he was on his business, and yeah, it, so was Regal at the beginning of this match. He was right where he needed to be the whole time. Yeah, you could really tell that. Uh, but as the show went on, Jim's patience kind of kind of. As the show went on, Jim's patience started to grow thin. It's like you could tell even he was bored with some stuff. So, so yeah, I was I was yesterday years old when I learned about Southpaw and Billy Riggs. So uh, there you go. Wow. So Regal he hits wow. an overhead suplex and a running forearm. Flair tags in to start a chop fest with Benoit, with Benoit winning the battle, followed by the Spagingo. Oh God! Getting him out early this time, man. After a pretty scarce Spagingo season. I know, man. Let's let's bring it back. That's what this era needs. That's what this year needs to. To, to be revitalized. It's like these kids today, you know, are always doing it just to help Asus We need to go back to the basics. Where's the Spagingo? <laughs> <laughs> That's your Ross report for the day. <laughs> so after taking punches and chops, we get a flare flop. <laughs> Regal tags in and drops a knee on the back of Flair's head, and Rick sells it so well. He's just like, ah! Oh! Like, I feel like that's how I would react if someone dropped their knee on my head. So, mm-hmm. I really appreciated that. 
Flair returns with an eye poke to Regal, followed by a chop block. And, you know, JR, it's September. He cannot help himself. It's football season. He comments, you know, that move would be illegal in football. <laughs> well, we're not playing football here, fat boy. <laughs> Dang, King with the shots, man. Oh, man. Also, uh, Regal, he uncharacteristically does a uh, kip up. And it looked like CGI. I like. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> I don't know if you guys caught that or not, but that definitely got my attention. I must. Have, I must have missed that part. Damn. So Benoit he chops Flair so hard that he wrings out his hand because you know it stings. I know. Chris Bar- Chris Benoit was just slapping Rick's titties like it was crazy this match. Flair is begging off at this point, but he manages to deal some damage to Benoit's leg. However, Benoit hits an enziguri on Flair, leading to another Flair flop. And Batista on the apron, he sells it hilariously, just being a big, uh, big angie boy, in the words of Kyle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Batista and Benoit battle, with uh, Batista hitting a back elbow for two. Regal back in with forearms. Batista hits shoulder tackles, and Flair chokes Regal with a tag rope while the ref is distracted. <laughs> I feel like things kind of got a little disjointed right around here. Like they, like they didn't quite know. Like they, they lost their rhythm a little bit. It's hard for me to see Fair. that, man. I, I thought everything flowed pretty well for the most part. Yeah. So please explain to me in excruciating detail what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just seemed like when uh, when Dave came in, uh, the back body drop. It just or between that and and the speaking go I, is what I was before that just the punches and the chops it seemed like they were going from corner to corner and trying to reset and reset and trying to get where they were going and like Regal would go for one move and Dave would react differently like he heard something else I I don't know it just seemed like they weren't quite on the same page no I I get what you mean because I think I saw that some too there's definitely a point when uh, Benoit tried to get Flair in the corner it was really awkward the way I saw it was like I don't know, I feel like they were just trying to give Batista a little something more, you know? Just kind of showcase him. I didn't mind it too much. Because I, I never really saw this Batista. I only saw main event Batista, so... Right. I don't know. I guess I'm a little more lenient, because I'm like, oh, look at him, he's learning, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally fair. But, yeah, in my opinion, I, th- I thought it all flowed pretty well, without giving my full thoughts. Um, <laughs> Flair hits Regal in the face, and Regal returns the favor... Uh, he sells it like his left testicle has been forcibly removed. <laughs> He's like, Lah! like I was just oh, laughing. Boy. I was laughing at these sell jobs. I know. Flair sends Regal into the corner with a hard whip. We get a back suplex by Flair, and he gets a two on the count. Batista hits a punch to the back of the head of Regal that the ref doesn't see, and Flair hits a chop. Batista comes back in with a neck breaker for two. Flair tags in with an elbow to the back of the head of Regal. And all this work to Regal's neck reminds me of his recent interview on Talk is Jericho, where he revealed basically one wrong move would kill him. Are you guys aware of this? No. Mm-mm. Yeah, so uh, in his WCW days, William Regal unknowingly broke his neck in a match. And, uh, oh. mm-hmm. and usually uh, when you break your neck, so, like you would know it, right? But yeah. Regal, you know, he didn't get it checked out. And then by the next day, he had sort of this like jelly like substance build up around his neck that 
basically protected him and held his like everything in place. But without that one wrong move, he would have died. I couldn't ask. So I was just I, amazed by that, like by that revelation. Now he did almost die, um, like a few years back, but mm-hmm. they were able to like successfully like do surgery on him. And but like they, he was telling his family to like say their goodbyes. And like, I, I I do remember hearing about that part. Yeah, but it, it's gosh, man. It really all stemmed from that. So when I say, I gotta say though, this is oh sorry, go ahead, man. No, you can go. No, I was gonna say like side note. I, I don't know why, but ever since I was a kid, I can't quite explain it, but I've just loved William Regal. He's just always been one of my favorites. Really? He's so good. It's like for his character stuff, his in-ring stuff, I don't, he's like one of the most underrated dudes. Or maybe well-rated, because it seems like everybody says this now. <laughs> well, I, I want to harken back to one of our earliest talking points on the podcast, Kyle. Before the, uh, Jake joined us, actually. Uh, oh? <laughs> I've noted on the podcast by saying I thought William Regal was gross. And uh, even even <laughs> mm-hmm. around this point where he's a good guy, I was like, all right, I want to like William Regal, but something about him seems icky and gross to me. And perhaps that was <laughs> oh. by design. <laughs> I want to say, I, I, I want to say, you've, I've heard you say that opinion before, and I'm always just dumbfounded. Like, what was so icky and gross about him? It was like his facial expressions and just the way he carried himself. It looks like he always had like poop in his pants or something. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's an uptight uh, little Britishman who's yeah. always angry. He's cool. Exactly. I mean, he's I get broken. that now, but like to to an eight or nine year old, I'm just like, <laughs> that, that so was we, my so thought. So what you're saying is when you're eight or nine, you're stupid. What you're saying I mean, is I you certainly was. <laughs> uh, so yeah, even like how, uh, how on his Titan Tron it says born naughty. I'm like, who talks like that? Obviously British people, but <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, you're, I, you're eight or nine. You just didn't really know what British people were. Basically, man. Well, I mean, if I'm being honest, when I was a kid, I thought for certain, like, even when I was 12, it's like, oh, they're still on, like, gas lights. They don't have the Internet over. <laughs> <laughs> I did, too. I did, too. Oh, my God. Because everything you had ever seen on TV of England was in, like, you know, Charles Dickens. <laughs> it's like there, there are no cars on the street. It's all cobblestone. Right. This is all cobblestone and horses. Dude, so I, no. I, I certainly thought that for sure. But anyway, moving forward here, we get another chop block to the leg of Regal. Flair applies the figure for a leg lock on Regal, but Benoit comes in and saves his partner. Flair actually does a flip over William Regal to tag to Batista. So a style points to Flair right there. And uh, Batista, he slaps a headlock to Regal with JR marveling at how big Batista's arms are. Look at the little big old meat. Meat sack. I, I thought you were going to say how big uh, something else was. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I heard the gears turning there. <laughs> <Yeah>. Women. <laughs> Al Venus, what are you doing here? Hello. I'm just uh, trying to find an attorney so I could uh, sue 12 people for uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was trying to make up something. I couldn't think of a joke. <laughs> Come on now. This is why, this is why I, I'm not in the spotlight anymore. Chief you suck. Hey, Chief Marley, you suck. Chief Marley. Why don't you get fat and go to TNA? Oh. <laughs> Maybe I will. What's so. happening? Emails? Hello, individuals. So Regal, he breaks free, and he uses the middle turnbuckle to propel himself at Batista, and they do a double noggin-knocker to knock both guys down. And then we get the hot tag to Chris Benoit. 
crowd got really hot for this. Benoit, he unloads on Flair with Benoit chopping him repeatedly. Benoit whips Flair into the corner. The ferociousness of the whip causes Flair to rebound off of it, leading him right into a big, fat spooking goal. Oh. Back body drop by Benoit, followed by a snap suplex and a punch to Batista, knocking him off the apron. Benoit with a German suplex to Flair, then one for Batista too. Benoit hits two German suplexes on Flair, and JR comments that Benoit must think it's Oktoberfest with all these German suplexes. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, was do you think the Batista one, the German one of Batista was 100% planned, or it was because, like, I thought the punch looked a little off, like Batista should have taken it a little harder, and that was his way of trying to save it a little bit, or am I just overthinking it? It's possible. I mean, if anything, it was good improv on uh, Benoit's part. Yeah, because yeah, it seems same way. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I wasn't there when they rolled out the match, folks. I was going to say, like, if if, if if that's if that's what it was, then yeah, they covered really well. So Benoit he goes up top and he connects with a flying headbutt on Flair. Benoit he goes for a sharpshooter, but Flair does an eye poke. So Benoit applies a crippler crossface. Batista with the save, he slams Benoit, and then he hits a spine buster on William Regal. We're outside the ring, and Regal shoves Batista into the ring post, and then he ducks a clothesline that sends Batista over the barricade. Flair goes for a figure four leg lock, and I laughed at this spot as he woos. He goes to turn into the move, and Benoit kind of slowly counters into the crippler cross face, and so <laughs> he's stuck in it, and he has no choice but to tap out. Oh, Benoit and Regal win in 15 minutes and 7 seconds. And uh, Jake, let's start with you. What did you think about the match? Well, I think it went on forever. I don't think it did what you're, what a opening match is supposed to do, which is get the crowd excited. I, I feel like in this match they were supposed to showcase Batista, and I don't think they did a very good job of that. I, I think he got some moves in, but like for the most part the crowd just kind of sat on their hands they weren't really into this match and i also had this realization as i'm watching watching i was like when's the last time someone tapped out to the figure four mm-hmm. uh probably jericho like, at SummerSlam o2 like does it happen like it doesn't seem like something it just seems like a transitional move at this point like it doesn't seem like anybody even really like for the for all the the mystical nature we give the the figure four it doesn't seem like it ever does anything ever wins a match i, I don't know it's, it, it looks cool put your legs in a four or formation it is cool mm-hmm. i do like that um i like the finish um but overall i'd say thumbs down pointed towards the middle wow okay mm-hmm. kyle what would you think oh you finish your finish uh, what you're gonna say Oh, I was just saying I wasn't a big fan. It's fair. It's fair. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I think your opinion's valid, but uh, kind of like what I said earlier. Like, um, I don't know. I, I think the spots with Batista kind of, I guess, clicked with me a little more because I, like I said, I just never really been exposed to earlier Batista. So it's like my brain's going, oh, now I get it. He, he does. He does. You can tell he he really kind of gets how how the how the game works. Ew, not me. Shut up. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I will say it was a bit too long. It took a little bit to get going. But when it started to get going, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Regal, like I said, always one of my favorites to see him. And Flair is bumping like hell. Uh, It wasn't like the most exciting, but for a little opener, 
it, it, it made me go, hmm, made me go, hmm. And uh, I, I definitely give it a thumbs middle, pointed more towards thumbs up. Wow, man. I, I'm surprised of the, uh, the, the differing opinions here because I say thumbs up. I thought it was a great match. I thought it was a ton of fun. And I thought both teams used great tag team psychology. And I thought each man worked great with uh, each other. I, ne I didn't necessarily perceive it as this was to showcase Batista. I'm sure there were spots that were, you know, designed for that. But uh, I just thought it was, you know, team versus team. Let's give Benoit some shine after losing the title. Uh, let's make Evolution look good. Let's make William look good like he's getting some revenge. William Regal needed the win. Benoit needed the win more than Evolution did. So I, I, and I thought the nobody... crowd was super into it. So um, I, I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I will say nobody looks better with a hard way than William Regal. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, well, what move bashed his mouth open like that? Uh, I have no idea, but it looked awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I didn't really notice he was bleeding until he was walking up the, the entryway, and I was like, oh, well, damn. Yeah, same here. I'm like, what happened? Did he uh, bite a ketchup packet? Oh. <clears throat> a spicy Whataburger ketchup, folk? He was like, I was eating my fish and chips and got a little too messy all from England. Whatever. Backstage to Tyson Tomko, Trish Stratus, and Christian. Christian recently returned to Raw after being out for the past few months. He picked up where he left off, attacking Chris Jericho from behind during a highlight reel segment. So back here, Trish is complaining to Christian that he should let Tomko escort Trish for her match. But that uh, she will be. He states that the uh, the creator wrestler standing to his right is his problem oh, solver. <laughs> Not hers. I wrote the same thing. I wrote the same <laughs> thing. You really, th those tattoos are awful. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to quote my notes right now. It says Tyson Tomko looks like a 12 year old made a creator wrestler on No Mercy and wanted him to be, quote, cool. <laughs> what are those eyebrows? That'd <laughs> be fair. He wrestles like that, too. How can he be a problem solver when he can't even solve his own problems of crappy tattoos? Ooh. That's what I'm saying. So, uh, well, I will say he looks good as Christian's muscle, but like that's where it ends. <laughs> and it, you know what's the worst of all his tattoos is that he has his name on his back, just Tomco. It's oh like, God. if you get a tattoo of your name, you were like the dumbest of the dumb. I'm sorry. Yeah, AJ Styles. <laughs> yes. I, yes, right on his what belly. Your, what about, what if it's in a different language? I, I still I think it's dumb. It's like you know your name, you know. It's what, like your, your name, like you mean like your name written in Japanese or something. <laughs> I, have, I have my name tattooed on me. Uh oh, uh oh, uh -oh and, folks. Ooh, nuclear heat. <laughs> <laughs> Ruthless aggression, nuclear heat. <laughs> and he, okay, well Hebrew makes more sense. That works. Ah, uh, yeah, it's fine. For the sake of oh, not getting a, heat, brother. If it was in English, but you just made it look all pointy and sharp, and it said Jake. Yes, I would think that's. <laughs> <laughs> Your first name is way worse. Like right? I, I can at least see the last name. 
even though I disagree with it. But like <laughs> having usually, Jake, usually those people are Irish, <laughs> and it's like McLeod across their forearm or something with right. like some enormous crest that they claim to be theirs, but they're not actually Irish. Like Andrew Martin <laughs> with his crest. Who? Andrew Martin. Who? I don't know who that is. Test. All right. Who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since we mentioned Tess, so. Yeah, well, he died, didn't he? Aww. <coughs> <coughs> look at you, mate. Look at you, mate. Leave, I remember. Oh. Now he's sad. He's coughing up his drink. <laughs> I remember the day I, I, uh, I heard the news. I was riding the bus to school, and they said it on the radio. It's like a country music radio station. And they said, This is not a test. Test is dead. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to it and they're like guys no test today you're like what like he died and you're like oh by that point it was like 09 i think so like you know he'd been out of the wrestling uh limelight for quite some time so i was like oh that's sad but like i also don't really care that much so yeah towards the end of his career i'll we'll do a little trivia what is the one thing that he's known for towards the end of his career uh tna Oh, I was going to say just doing that match with Hardcore Holly and ECW. Oh, yeah, yeah. His ECW days, too. But um, I, it's like it's like all anybody would. Uh, it's the only thing I ever hear about Test when it comes to later career Test. Yeah. Uh, rest in peace. But anyway, um, Trish is complaining, you know, won't let uh, Tomco uh, come out. Christian won't let her have Tomco. So Trish, being the promiscuous woman she is, whispers something uh in Tomko's ear, which makes Tomko say, "You're on your own," to Christian. <laughs> I was about to say, I was wanting to, to, to ask everybody, what, what did, what do you think that she whispered to him? Because it, it could have been anything, just like John Cena's raps. She's like, "I got extra butter on my bagel." <laughs> mm. Like, how about after the match, she come to my dressing room and we drink stuff. Heck yeah! Dang. He goes oh. I I mean I think that's I think that's what she said. So I have to agree <laughs> with you. She looked him in the eye. She whispered in his ear. She's like, "I can slam a tornado. <laughs> I can slam a stacker too." YJ Stinger boy. <laughs> but I, I gotta ask: Was this them writing off Christian and Trish as an on-screen couple? You guys think? I feel like it's way too soon. If so. Oh, seems yeah. like seems like they're trouble in paradise. Next match is gonna blow your nip knops off as Trish Stratus with Tyson Tomko takes on Victoria. Not the crazy version, sorry. I don't know about that. <laughs> nah, she herself is not crazy, but it seems like circumstances around her are. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, it looks like we've done a little role reversal here from uh harkening back to the days of always by saliva. Uh, I mean, Victoria, she's now now she's fun and spunky and does her booty shaking moonsault. I mean, <laughs> girl next door. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do a fat guy cover. Levi. What? I didn't ask. 
I, I could just feel those gears going in your brain. Like, ooh, fat guy cover. Ooh. You know, just just you wait. Just you wait. I'm going to yeah, bust wait, out wait. something. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds very unenthused to do that one. <laughs> but all over a game of Diva Dodgeball. Dodgeball. <gasps> it looks like it. <laughs> Victoria. I actually watched the movie Dodgeball last night. How strange. That is strange. Victoria has taken exception with how Trish is carrying herself these days. Namely, with her cruel treatment of Lita. <gasps> you know, Lita is getting, like, like, get a new job, babe. Like, you are not... <laughs> nobody likes you right now. I know, it's like... I know. Bad. <laughs> she should, like, uh, complain to, like, OSHA or something about dangerous work environment. So yeah, this demon impregnated me, and uh, this girl's also being really mean to me at work and threw an inappropriate oh, no. baby shower for me. They're like, tell us more about the lady. We don't care so much about the demon. <laughs> oh, and also, also uh, I, I, I was forced to marry him, and he refers to me as I'm property. sorry, what? <clears throat> no, no, no. To be fair, playing <laughs> devil's advocate, she was not forced to marry him. She willingly offered that stipulation. Yeah, um, she was coerced. Nor under duress. Nor, I wouldn't stand up in any court. If you are on the mic on television, then that is legally binding. Anything you say. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, this has led to Trish utilizing Tomco to attack Victoria with <clears throat> a woman coming to her aid who looks a lot oh. like Lita, except three times bigger. And very afraid to show anything on their face. <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much all there is to say at this point. Let's get started. So Trish bells to the floor immediately while the crowd chants, <clears throat> Slut. <gasps> and again, I have to say, the, the definition of slut is like a woman who sleeps around, right? Mm-hmm. Who has she slept with? Like, who are the many men she has slept with that make, like, what makes her a slut? Well, I mean, she just kind of did want to do, our, like, YJ Stinger and uh, Drakengard with Tomko, so. Yeah. I, I stand corrected. <laughs> so, uh, the crowd's chanting this at her, and uh, Jerry Lawler says that she's not a slut. I, I mean, Jerry gets it. Like, if, if Jerry is the voice of reason, then... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we have a problem. We've, we've gone way too far if Jerry is the voice of reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Trish, she chokes Victoria with a middle rope. Victoria comes back with an impressive military slam. That really took my breath away. What strength by Victoria. By Victoria. And uh, she does the press slam into a gut buster. So cool, cool sequence there. Victoria kicks Trish out of the ring, and JR informs us that it is a legal kick because she did not use the point of her boot. <laughs> Thank you, JR. See, these are the tidbits I liked from JR. Like, he was very informative. Now he'll just, like, point out your botches and when he hates you. <laughs> oh, let's all huddle together. Dive. Okay. Oh, what is he doing? Oh, his knee hurts. Oh, God, it's fake. <laughs> <laughs> he, he acted like he got stomped on. Huh. So Victoria, I'll show you stop. Then he pulls his shirt off and gets in the ring. <laughs> Victoria goes up top, but Tomko moves Trish out of the way. They battle on the apron with Trish sending Victoria into the ring post. 
We're back in the ring and Trish gets a cover, but it's only good for two. She follows us up with kicks to the ribs. Huh. Ribs. Ribs. Mm, barbecue sauce. <laughs> <laughs> Trish continues with an offense. Uh, or excuse me, she continues on offense with some hair whips and she grabs a headlock. <laughs> Victoria fights back, but Trish comes back with a spine buster for a two. We're back to the chin lock for Trish, and this is about the part of the match that just made it die for me. Victoria does her comeback with a spinning slam for two. Shakes her no ass. <laughs> we get a weak-looking body slam by Victoria, followed by a booty-shaking moonsault by her... What you said, Jake. Victoria swings at Trish, but Trish hits her Matrix dodge. Oh, it's like the Matrix. Ooh. Oh, whoa. Victoria blocks the chick kick and hits a headbutt to which she immediately dives on Tomko to the floor. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the job. heck did he do to deserve that? I mean, he's a big, stupid idiot. The only problem I had with that was I, th- I thought that was actually kind of neat, her diving out there, and then he just, uh, like, no-sold it hard. Yeah, but he I guess he should no-sell it because he's supposed to be the big problem solver. But at the same time, I'm like, eh, why, why would you risk that spot? Because Victoria mm-hmm. runs back in, and immediately Trish hits the finisher, and she gets the win. So that only <laughs> made Victoria look like a big idiot. <laughs> like, that was straight-up SmackDown versus Raw stuff right there. Hit a dive, person somehow gets caught in an animation where they just get up and then boom stored finisher there it is <laughs> find your fly have you lost your life I do <laughs> legendary soundtracks you know what I love the, the OG Smackdown vs. Raw but I know there's people who dislike it so much so perhaps perhaps listeners I have looked at 2004 with rose-tinted glasses for too long. Mm-hmm. But I will say, that soundtrack is one of the best they ever did. So. Oh, for sure. It was it was so good that they used it across every WWE game at the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kyle, what do you think about this match? Uh, Five-star classic. No, um, I thought it started out real good. I guess we're kind of getting into the Divas era. Like, it's both Trish and Victoria can go... And they, they showed some pretty cool stuff. It just wasn't... It was, the end got sloppy and weird. Uh, for basically the point that uh, you brought up. Uh, like, it's, it's like before the dive, it was a little shaky. But after the dive, it was just kind of made me go like, what? And especially all the crap that happened afterwards. I, I didn't I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. But, uh, you know, I gotta be real. And that's a thumbs middle from me. Oh, wow. I was a little, I was a little more... I'm looking at my reactions to it. I was a little more harsh on it. One of the things I, I said is that Victoria would absolutely run women's wrestling today. She's awesome, uh, and like she's lost on this era because like she's got power, she's got strength, and she does a lot of really cool things. Uh, that military press to a gut to the gut buster that she did was awesome. Probably mm-hmm. the coolest move um, of the night uh, from her. People, you know, like they'll chant slut, but they really don't want to hate Trish. You know what I mean? Like they don't—they're not there because I mean, Trish is a, a a pretty blonde girl that usually smiles and waves at them. They don't want to hate her. It's—it's mm-hmm. it's not natural. I didn't really like this match. I gave it—I gave it a thumbs down, but I may give a little more credit than that on second viewing. 
I say thumbs down. I thought this match was boring. It, I thought it started promising, but it was a chore to get through. And like I said, I laughed at the ending because it, it made Victoria look stupid. But um, uh, I, I was I was ready to give this match positivity. I, I like both girls. Uh, I thought they they were good. But I think the biggest ailment to the women's division back in this day was they didn't have enough time. Now, eight minutes is certainly enough time to, to put on something good of a match, but when you got agents who are telling you to do it one way and blah, 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 I get it. Uh, if, you look yeah, at, if you look at Trish in her promos and in her matches during this time, she looks jittery, like she's trying her best to get all her stuff in. Like She's got a lot to manage. She is the face of the women's division, for, like, for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, So I feel for him, but at the end of the day, uh, I don't think too many things were working against it i just i i don't think this was a good match so thumbs down yeah and it's fair enough i think one thing i i noticed definitely when i'm watching it or just thought of when i'm watching it is i guess i give whenever during this era um i see women that actually are trying to go i guess i'm a little more lenient on them considering on smackdown it's just like puppies woo <laughs> but um I, I was just wondering while watching this match like they had so little time i mean enough but still not enough it just made me wonder, like, who's who's agenting this stuff? Like, because it just seems like it just feels like they just don't really care as much. It's pretty obvious. I want to believe when it's good, it's Finley, and when it's bad, it's Bruce Bridger. <laughs> that, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> but I don't know. But I, that's what I'm going with. Well, ladies, the fans want to see shake big old boobies around, so do that. You know, if the the crowd starts getting uh, getting cold, maybe a flash a pup. <laughs> yeah, make, make sure, sure you when you go, when you go for the pin, you hook that leg and you look right in the camera. And hey, Nikita Lyons, we need more ass. <laughs> hey, Nikita Lyons, I think uh, when you pin them, you should pin them uh, with both cheeks in their face, and you should spread your cheeks so you can everybody can see your butthole. So after the match, yes, we do have to talk about this. It looks like <laughs> it looks like Tomko and Trish are going to beat down poor Victoria when the mystery woman once again comes to the aid of Victoria. Victoria's secret, you could say. <gasps> Do you think that's why they call it that? <laughs> I bet. <laughs> mystery attacks Tomko, allowing Victoria to be freed. But Tomko, unfortunately, gets on the microphone. I love that the crowd is wise to who this is. Like, you can hear a Stevie chant going on, like, like when he comes out. Like, people know who it is. No, you it's, can't. It's funny no, you can't. No one knew, and no one cared. We had absolutely no idea. Tomko, he says words, unfortunately. He uses his mouth, and... Uh, he says words. He demands a match with this <clears throat> cross-dressing hermaphrodite. Tyson Tomko, I, I hope he's not uh, had too much taken out of him because he probably is going to be needed by Christian and Christian Pete in that big match. That's it. I'm sick of this every week. Going on? I'm going to solve the mystery of the mystery woman right now. What's he talking about? Either that thing is going to come out here and fight me or I'll go back there and I'll drag it out myself. Drag, drag, what, drag what out? Drag it out. What's so. it going to be? You cross-dressing hermaphrodite! Whoa! Wow, I don't even... I need a dictionary. <laughs> I'm gonna oh. have to get the dictionary out. 
<laughs> Donko's stupid. <laughs> you just said that. <laughs> This really, I guess, technically a match. It, yeah. it is. It's, Ty it's Tyson Tomko taking on, uh, by all means, a complete surprise, Stevie Richards. <laughs> so, yeah, um, as we learn in this match, it is Stephen Richards. Um, worst kept secret on Raw. So, uh, let's get started and finish as quickly as possible, shall we? Uh, hey. <laughs> I didn't even write any notes on this. I just wrote that this happened and my my uh, not-so-surprising reaction. So Tom Codex, Stephen Richards with a punch, and he rips off the dress. Yeah, by this point, you can tell it was Stephen Richards. Tom Co rips off the dress, uh, reveals the granny panties. He takes off the shirt, and Richards has a, a bra on. Um, Which, at first, I, th like, I think I, I was along the line of a, as a King or Jim Ross said this too. I thought he was wearing just like tidy whities or something. I didn't realize they were granny panties. Oh no, a full grandpans, man. <laughs> yeah, I think Jim was like, well, I've never seen my grandmother's panties, so. <laughs> yeah, I right. Have you want me to, I'll tell you all about them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. There's, no, nah, too old for King. <laughs> yeah, she, her, her, <laughs> nope. <laughs> let's yeah, yeah, let's stay away from those jokes, <laughs> guys. We're sprinting through this match. Let's go pick up the let's pace. Let's go. <laughs> so, Tomko wins. Technically, he sucks. The end. Some fans were standing because they were wondering what was going on. Like, there's a lot of confusion surrounding this match. Obviously, Tomko punches him while holding the wig for some reason. <laughs> Rich Richards is just wrestling with granny panties on, and. uh Tomko, he's kicking him, stomping him. He picks up Richards and slams him across the ring. No reaction for any of this. Uh, mm -hmm. to, to give you an idea, to give me an idea, Tomko has Richards in a rest hold, and there was two fans chanting Stevie, Stevie. People and are losing their minds. This is the greatest thing they've ever seen. Jake, no, no, don't even <laughs> lie. I'll be I'll be real. The like, crowd was frothing, like they were going nuts. <laughs> They're like, Richard, Richard. No. Like reverberating off the Not in any planet, not in any alternate universe. In no scenario would Steven out. Richards they can't believe he's here to save the day. So uh so yeah, these two fans are chanting Stevie, right? And uh as soon as Steven Richards decides he wants to use that for hulking up fuel. They stopped. And so he's just going, Ugh, like shaking. Oh, I'm, and I've never seen it more awkward. Not even during the COVID era where there's no fans. Could that look any more awkward? Like that was so, <laughs> I got secondhand embarrassment from that. I was like, oh my gosh. Just Richards in these granny, oh, oh, I feel bad for this guy. Me too. <laughs> I like Stevie Richards. This sucked. <laughs> So Tomko, he throws some punches. Richards no sells. He so he begins to hulk up at this point. Uh, Tomko calls him a punk and a big sissy. 
<laughs> Richards, he throws the wig and uh, he grabs Tomko by the balls. That's right, the Got old him. D twist. <laughs> Richards sends Tomko by the balls into the turnbuckle. Richards, he grabs him again. He hits a running drop kick on Tomko. Tomko hits him in the back with a forearm and hits a swinging neck breaker off his shoulders, getting the pin in six minutes, 24 seconds. Brother sucks. Brother what was that? Sucks. This helped neither man. The crowd was so confused. I was confused. Everyone was confused by this. And if my math is correct, mm-hmm. this was Stephen Richards' first pay-per-view appearance since Judgment Day 2003, May of Aww. last year. Heat doesn't count. Heat matches don't count. He counts. This was gloriously <laughs> grotesque. That's all I can say. Yeah, um, let's see. Tomko thing is dumb. The whole thing, like everything with Tomko in it is dumb. Everything he touches, he's he's got, instead of the Midas touch, he's got the doo-doo touch. Everything he touches turns to crap. <laughs> uh, they, they're wasting a perfectly good talent in Steven Richards. I love Steven Richards. He's, he's really good on the mic, and like I know a lot of people didn't like it because like they can't see wrestling for what it is, but I love the right to censor. Like in as a kid, I hated it, which meant as an adult, I love it because I realized it worked. And like I thought, he's really good in the ring. Um, he's one of the only guys to stand up to JBL, <laughs> like with oh, the most yeah. legendary chair <laughs> shot of all time. Freaking uh, love that. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I hated this. Like nobody knew what was going on. Like on commentary, they're like, "Well, well, I, I, I guess this is a, a match now." Like, nobody. <laughs> Like, they didn't know how to call it because they didn't know what to call Steven Richards the, half the match. Like, this whole thing was garbo. Like, brother sucks. Brother sucks! It's funny. It's like, I don't even want to say brother sucks because I love this. No. But because, like, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, halfway through, I didn't even realize this was a match. I thought it Nobody was just did. an ex- I thought it was an extended beatdown sequence. And then when I saw a referee, I'm like, wait, what? This is just an impromptu? Th- oh... And then I just got embarrassed for everyone because this was garbage. Like, I don't know what else there is to say about it. Start to finish. There's nothing good about this. And I never want to see Tyson Tomko again. You uh, will. Brother sucks. Brother sucks. I know I will. Wow. Like, just like he's a big dude. He looks fine with Christian. Just shut up. Have him just slap some dudes. Don't say anything. Just be, <laughs> be, be a heavy. I will say Ugh. that Luchasaurus's look has improved a lot since the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> so that's the Triple Brothers Sucks. Okay. First the one. Brothers first one since Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. There you go. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's legendary. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's it's a rating no one ever wants, but we will definitely give it the triple brother sucks, the mark of pure doo doo. So on that note, why don't we uh, why don't we cut to commercial? We got some bills to pay. Let's take a break. We'll be right back after this. There's a new game, and it's tearing the streets up. Lace your boots if you think you can keep up. Ron panties match with a diva stripped down. Build your character so strong, opponents skip town. But y'all rookies got a lot to learn. 
You ain't guaranteed fame, what you get, you earn. This is school of hard knocks where you pay your dues. Toughness is measured in your black and blue. Starting small time gyms where the chances are slim. A rock and a leather belt laced with gold trim. The world title, you got the guts to take it. This a cutthroat game. Very few make it. You in the weak games, man, this ain't you. This is real life passion, THQ. The legends roster stacked with Hall of Famers. Tough enough to beat even polished gamers. A bunch of superstars smack down and raw. They ready to fight, we gon' crack down your jaw. I'm your number one choice, man, your boy is sick. With moves so hot, I light up your joystick. Everybody else is lame, dude. They can't see me, I be running the game too. Day of reckoning is coming, remember I told you. Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Rated T for Teen. My name is Alice, and I remember everything. The infection spreading fast. Seal the gates. He did something to me. At sunrise this morning, you'll be dead. Apocalypse rated R in theaters everywhere September 10th. One, two, three. Now that's what I call music. Volume 16 is here. With 20 of the hottest hits from your favorite superstar artists. Featuring Black Eyed Peas, D12, Jessica Simpson, and Huba Stang. L16 brings you more chart-topping hits, including Switchfoot, Lenny Kravitz, and Yellow Card. Now 16 features 20 of your favorite artists. And when you call or order online at NowThat'sMusic.com, you'll receive a cool Now Beach Ball free with paid order. That's what I call music is sure to get you moving with hits from Beanie Man, Nina Sky, and Chingy. Now 16 is only one call away. Now that's what I call music. Volume 16 has all the hits, including Britney Spears, Beyonce, and PD Pablo. Get now, that's what I call music volume 16 and complete your collection today. To order now, that's what I call music volume 16. Call or order online at nowthatsmusic.com. 18.98 plus 4.95 shipping and handling. Rush delivery available. Call now. Within our nation. To denounce the evils of truth and love. To extend their reach to the stars above. Surrender now or prepare to fight. There's a new way to battle Pokemon, and it's wireless. Pokemon Fire Red and Pokemon Leaf Green are here, and now you can collect, train, and battle in a whole new way. Only for Game Boy Advance. Rated E for everyone. Street.
Intercontinental title ladder match as Chris Jericho takes on Christian. At Unforgiven for the Intercontinental Championship. That's real nice, Jericho. When you know damn well that I tore my groin over the weekend and that I'm not going to be able to wrestle at Unforgiven. But I want you to know something that when I'm good to go and I'm all healed up, you're the first person that I'm going to face. at a minimum of four to six weeks, which means the mandatory 30-day title defense of the Intercontinental Championship is going to expire. Therefore, Edge is now stripped of the Intercontinental Championship. What is this? The meaning of this now? You've got a near disaster on your hands, my friend. My peeps are going to be rioting in the streets if you don't take this Intercontinental Championship and hand it over to none other than Captain Charisma himself, Christian. Well, I bet Chris Jericho may have an issue with Captain Charisma. If you're going to be deciding who the new champion is, then you need to decide it the proper and fair way. What do you people say? It's Chris Jericho versus Christian inside of this 15-foot high steel game. Um, that actually, that, that's not going to work for me. Uh, last time I was in a steel cage match against Chris Jericho, he injured my back and put me out of action for four long months. I can't do that to my population again. It'll kill him. But if we're looking for a special match, there's only one that fits the bill. The ladder match! What? Can you believe this? It's on! A ladder match for the vacant intercontinental title! Since all that's been taken care of, I only have one more thing to say. Hey, oh. look at that now! Jericho's holding Christian! The intercontinental title has been stripped from Edge, but it will be decided in a ladder match! We'll have a new intercontinental champion crown guaranteed and unforgiven. Will it be Chris Jericho or will it be Christian? So Edge has injured his groin. So he's uh he's That's been... what happened with uh, with Lita. <laughs> so he's sidelined for more than 30 days, which means he must vacate the Intercontinental Championship. So, both Jericho and Christian stake their claim for challenging for the title. Bischoff suggests that they compete in a 15-foot high steel cage, but um Christian rejects that because he got injured in a 15-foot high steel cage four months ago. So, enough of that. So, Jericho suggests that they have a ladder match and Bischoff obliges. The table is set. And, of course, they got into all that lovey-dovey crap, but we don't need to get into all of that now, do we? <laughs> Trish, I really want to tell you how I feel. <laughs> it's been too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jake says, not long enough. Not long enough. Finna, Please. Finna smash. Ooh. 
Smash Brothers? Like Smash Jericho. Jericho starts off with a suplex, and we get a CLB chant for Christian. Jericho gives Christian a speckin' go. Hey. Doing it early, it sends him over the top to the floor. This is important. You gotta win that. You gotta incapacitate your opponent so you can climb the ladder. No better way than a spigingo to the floor. Jericho, he throws a ladder at Christian, but Christian, he moves to avoid it. Jericho hits a running attack to Christian's back while Christian is against the ropes. We get an enziguri kick by Jericho and a ladder shot to the gut by Jericho. Christian dumps Jericho over the barricade and they start brawling in the crowd. We're back over the barricade with a disgusted Spagingo. Let me throw up a stick. Oh gosh, two Spagingos to Christian, both on the floor. I thought his limbs were all detached there. Mm -hmm. But miraculously, he's okay. I don't know how, but he is. Able to continue, folks. Is that YJ Stinger, man? I'm telling you. You know what? That just might be the cure for the common Spagingo. Mm-hmm. So they brawl on the floor with Jericho choking him with a cable cord. Christian is back in control with an unprettier on the floor. That looked, that looked stiff. I like that. Mm-hmm. Christian, he sets up a ladder, and he gets his hands on the title, but Jericho pulls him down. Christian sends Jericho into the ladder, Christian sets up the ladder on the top rope, so Jericho whips him into it, leading Christian bumping face-first into the top of the ladder. And JR says, Not even barbecue sauce could make that taste good. Speaking <laughs> of, I got a new a line of barbecue sauce coming out. Jericho tossed the ladder onto Christian's shoulder. The ladder is set up again, so Christian sends Jericho into it. Christian with yeah. a catapult sends Jericho face-first into the ladder. And we got a bit... Cool. We got a big gas from mm -hmm. the crowd on that one. Christian, he went for an attack on Jericho in the corner with a ladder, but Jericho throws the ladder right at him, laying him out. Bam! Jericho on the ladder, which he positions over Christian, and landed on Christian with it. Uh, Jericho on the landing, his knee is right on that ladder. It just makes me wince. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jericho, God, taking a lot of abuse to this match. He sure did. A Y2J chant for Jericho. Uh, the ladder is set up in the corner, so Christian throws Jericho into it. So while Jericho is hung up in it, Christian hits a running knee attack on Jericho. Christian set up a ladder, so Jericho flips him off. Oh, he's giving him the bird. Oh, oh man. Boo! That that totally would stop me from going after the <laughs> three feet away from me. I know. That was enough to get Christian off the ladder. So Jericho, he hits a drop kick to the ladder to knock down Christian. You see, people always complain about people climbing up the ladder too slowly, and I always buy into it. I, I don't mind that at all. But yeah. him flipping him off and like, oh, I'm going to come down and show you what's what. No, Christian wouldn't do that. He's too creepy. He's trying to win. I mean, yeah, I, I guess in my mind, I was like, okay, it's like an ego thing. He's like, you little, little son of a bee. But... Yeah, but yeah, then you, you can flip him off while you're holding the champion. I know, Christian, you stupid little ding-dong. <laughs> Jericho with a bulldog on Christian that sends him into the ladder. Jericho traps Christian in the ladder. 
slamming one side of it onto him. Chris Jericho goes for a lion salt, but Christian moves out of the way. And Jericho once again hits that knee on the ladder on the landing. <clears throat> Looks painful, man. Christian slowly climbs up. He tries to reach for the title, but Jericho stops him. Christian grabs the apparatus that's holding the title. As Jericho goes tumbling down off the ladder, Christian is hanging high above the ring. Jericho picks up the ladder, jabs Christian in the ribs, and Christian comes tumbling down with a belly flop to the mat. Oh my gosh, this is just carnage. Yeah, that was, that was very cool. Jericho climbs up the ladder, so Christian tilted the ladder, and Jericho lands onto the top rope and then dumps out to the floor. Christian does a slow climb once again. Jericho went after him and applies a Walls of Jericho on the ladder, which looked a lot cooler when I was younger. Yeah, I I think Christian just uh, leaned back a bit too far. He, he shouldn't have. <laughs> it's just not a good move to do on the ladder. Um, I mean, Christian's grabbing his feet. I mean, yeah, this one particularly looked bad for other reasons. But I think he did it to RVD once, and... <laughs> You can just see the, your opponent grab the feet, like, or, yeah, yeah, or the hands or whatever. It's it just takes me out of it. Fair. But yeah, this one looked really dumb. Uh, <laughs> Jericho reaches for the title. Christian shoves the ladder from underneath him, and Jericho lands directly on his butthole. <clears throat> they tried being like, oh, on the, on the lower back. I'm like, no, it was on no, his that ass. Was right up his ass. Even said so much later. And I was like, yeah, exactly. It's another audible gasp moment, but this also landed Chris Jericho with the Pepsi Blue Splash of the Night. And now it's time for the Pepsi Blue Splash of the Night. Jesus God! Oh, hey. yeah. More like the ass of the night. Ow. Hey. Now, that was not Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> Christian. Little Victoria shakes her ass. No, I don't care as long as she got them puppets. <laughs> <laughs> Christian brings in a second ladder, and it's much taller than the first one. Both guys on top of each respective ladder. Jericho throws the IC title at Christian, but he misses. And Jericho hits a massive bulldog off the top of the ladder. Spectacular spot. That was fun. Jericho sets up the ladder over Christian. Jericho climbs up and grabs the Intercontinental Championship to become the new Intercontinental Champion in 22 minutes, 29 seconds. Jake, what'd you think about the match? Well, let me let me start by saying I liked this match. Um, but it was during the course of this match when I realized that I hate ladder matches. Oh? Yeah, and uh-huh. I made a list of things I don't like while I was watching this match because it happens now more and more, and the more we see ladder matches, the less important they are, the less cool they are, and the less spots we have to do. Like, in this match, like they did a ton of unique original spots. Um, throwing, throwing them into it was really cool. Um, a lot of unique stuff, but here are some things about ladder matches that I don't like and you see frequently. First of all, setting up the ladder in a spot that's supposed to look like you're trying to reach it, but you're not gonna reach it, 
it's it's really clear like for example when he throws jericho off the ladder and the ladder bounces off of the the ropes and then bounces back he offset it he wouldn't have been able to reach the belt from where he set the ladder and he adjusted the ladder so it would hit the ropes and not be able to reach it. and it looked really obvious um i hate guys not being able to unclip the belt like they get up there and they start messing with it, like, oh no, I can't figure out how to unclasp these clasps. <laughs> I hate that. That happens in every match. Apparently, it's difficult when you got sweaty fingers. Um, I hate, like you mentioned it. I hate it that ladders are hard to climb. Like, really, the guy's laying on the outside of the the ring, and like, unless unless it's really clear that you've just had your head taken off. And it's the end of the match, and this is all, like they do it in the five minutes into the match. Christian's like, "Oh my god, climbing this ladder is the hardest thing ever." I don't like that. Um, I don't like multiple sized ladders. There's no reason to have it. Like you bring out a ladder that's good enough to reach it. Well, why didn't we bring out the one that was tall and taller to begin with? If we're gonna use a ladder that's easier to reach the belt, why didn't we start with that ladder? Because that's a ladder that we're gonna use to win. So up until this point. All these other ladders are bullshit. So I don't like that. Pardon me. Um, I don't like being able to visibly see that the guy who's losing the match is stabilizing the ladder for the guy who's climbing it. Christian's under underneath the, the, the ladder. It's over him. And you see him try to do that fake like, oh, I'm trying to climb the ladder. But he's holding the center post. Uh, the center support of the ladder, holding it down to make sure that the, that the ladder is stabilized, and he's looking up at Jericho to make sure he doesn't fall. All this, like this, and this happens consistently in ladder matches nowadays, and it made me realize how much I don't like ladder matches. And that's my soapbox. I liked this match. This was good. There's a lot of clever stuff, but overall, I don't want to see any more ladder matches. I'm done with them. Dang. All right. I like me a good old ladder match. You know, I'm a good old boy. See, I like a good ladder match, but there aren't any. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that, that's fair. Biggest defense I've seen in recent memory was uh, uh, Mustafa Ali sitting there like an idiot while Brock Lesnar comes to take his briefcase. That was yeah. the worst. <laughs> oh, what do I do? Not a knock on Ali. Uh, it's how he was booked. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Kyle, what did you think about this match? I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, I, Honestly, I, I did too. I gave it a thumbs up. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, well, I, got it. I didn't hear you writing. Oh, I'm sorry. Thumbs up. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I actually, I really enjoyed it. And, um, like, I I half agree with what Jake's saying about the, um, the ladder match stuff. Uh, my problem isn't so much just the match itself. It's just... I feel like modern day, a lot of ladder matches are big multi-man affairs. So I feel like that makes the obvious things a bit too obvious. And not only that, but everybody really likes to bump on the ladder nowadays. Ooh, and one thing yeah. I really appreciated about this match was that it was really creative spots, but the ladder was used more as a weapon rather than a crash pad. Yes. Because it's not anyone in particular. Even like most recently, uh, like the women's money in the bank, like they were killing themselves in these ladders. They had no give, and the mm. crowd just didn't yeah. care. It's like don't, don't you don't have to do this? You don't have to. But um, for very little return. Yeah, uh, it. But I feel like two man ladder matches. I don't know. I'm I'm all about them. 
uh, I had a lot of fun with this. Uh, Christian and uh, Jericho, I felt like had good chemistry and the spots they did. And like I said, were super, super creative. I, my, one of my favorite spots from it was when I forget how exactly it was set up. There's the ladder in the middle and uh, it was like Christian kind of whipped Jericho off the ropes and he more or less just like the ladder clotheslined him. And I thought that was, that was just cool. That was some cool stuff. So, uh, Thumbs up for me, and it's, it's probably honestly like my match of the night. Yeah, definitely a match. Of the oh night. yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah, I I say thumbs up. Uh, this match was so much fun. The high spots were high, and the low spots were minimum. This is what a pay per view like this should be like. If you don't have enough story to build around, yeah. give us some gimmicks to work with. Yeah, and it's like the the flaws of a ladder match. Um, I guess I'm a little more forgiving when, like, I feel like the highs are greater than the lows. But yeah, when it comes to all that stuff that takes you out, it's undeniable that yes, it can very much take you out. <laughs> so yeah, two thumbs up. I thought they did a great job. Backstage to Todd Grisham interviewing Lita. Lita expresses how she hopes Shawn Michaels sends Kane to the hospital. When Kane emerges behind her and says, Women, am I right? (laughs) Am I right, fellas? (laughs) You know what I'm going through. Kane then informs us that Eric Bischoff just made the match no disqualification. (laughs) I love that about wrestling. It's like wrestlers show up late to the show... Uh, matches are, <laughs> what are you just talking about? just announced as no DQ or ladder or whatever. It's like, is there any organization to this carnival? No. <laughs> I love that it's about like, wrestling. It's like I imagine that it's like a boxing thing, and like somebody comes out and talks crap about somebody in the ring, and then the commissioner's like, "Okay, well, you two fight right now without training. <laughs> Let's go." <laughs> So this match between the Seattle Seahawks and the Tennessee Titans, I've just been informed is a (laughs) triple threat football match, and the New England Patriots are now in the game. There are no personal fouls. It will be fought (laughs) under XFL rules. (laughs) Uh, so, So, yeah, the match is now no DQ. Then Kane forcibly plants a kiss on Lita. Uh, so gross, Ugh, but it was. But it's not as gross as their segment on Sunday Night Heat just hours prior, where uh, <laughs> Kane uh, he's backstage with Lita and he's like, "Got a big match later on," and uh, got a big penis. Seeing as we're a married couple, uh, maybe you can give me uh, some release. <laughs> And she leaves in a, in a hurry. At DBS? She leaves in a hurry. And uh, <laughs> so that happened. Ew. Demon scene. Maybe you can give me head. <laughs> <laughs> what does everybody want? Oh, no, he's coming to fight for Lita's honor. <laughs> I'd have taken that, hell. At least it had been somewhat of an interesting story. No, no, uh, n- no. <laughs> Just do away with Kane. I'm good. For real. Get him out of here. We then cut to the coach interviewing Chris Jericho. 
Coach asks Chris how it feels to be the new champ, and Jericho says, Look at me. The ladder went halfway up my butt. <laughs> but he's the first man to hold the title seven times, so in short, he feels like the champ. That's when Edge walks into frame. <gasps> with these uber-douchey sunglasses and a goatee. <laughs> very straight, very pretty blonde hair. He looks like the husband who neglects his family at home and, you know, he goes to the bar and hits on chicks 15 years younger than him. <laughs> Just like he's going through like some kind of weird midlife crisis. Yes. Which he probably kind of was because he was in the midst of his second marriage. That will end, end in divorce <laughs> in less than a year. No! So, uh, yeah. Also, <laughs> also, his sunglasses look similar to Coach's, so uh, I found that funny. <laughs> Edge lets Jericho know that, you know, once he's healed up, he's getting his title back. To which Jericho says, I'll be waiting. Sean Michaels. I will feast on the fear of the innocent, for that is the sweetest taste of all. There's one thing that I've always craved but never had, an offspring. Stop, please! The answer's yes! That baby the lady's carrying, it's If Kane beats Matt Hardy at SummerSlam, then Lita has agreed to marry Kane. Tonight is a very special night as we unite these two in holy matrimony. Welcome to the wedding of Kane and Lita. Lita, you are now my property until the day you die. Kane. I want to make it clear that I love, and I will always love, Matt Hardy. I sincerely hope you rot in hell. Lita, do you take this man to be your lawfully wedded husband? I do. And do you, Kate, take this woman to be your lawfully wedded wife? Eric Bischoff, who gave me an open contract at Unforgiven 
to face anyone I want. It wasn't just for you. It was for us. In marriage, it's called joint property. So I took the liberty of taking your open contract at Unforgiven, and I wrote your opponent's name in there. Sean Michael! I want to remind you of why Sean Michaels hasn't been around here in a while. We're partners now. That means that you are just as responsible for what happens to Shawn Michaels at Unforgiven as I am. Precious. Shawn! Shawn, you gotta relax. I have to ask Levi. I'm, did you watch like the Raws and stuff going, leading up to this? I did. How like is there a reason why it felt like this match just kind of came out of nowhere? Because like the the hype package, which I know you're going to get to, just didn't it didn't make it feel like Shawn Michaels really had much of a of a stake in this match, other than Kane hurt him at one point. Yeah. So um, the night after Bad Blood, Kane actually targeted Shawn Michaels. And uh, took him out of action for, I guess it was a three-month span, June to September. Kane was mad about losing his <laughs> title match to Chris Benoit. So, um, yeah, he took it out on Shawn Michaels. I, I don't really know why, uh, other than he was just in the line of fire. But, yeah, he jumped off the middle rope. And uh, Sean had a, a chair on his throat. And, yeah, he crushed Sean's throat, took him out of action. So we and, he, did, and he spit out that cherry Kool-Aid. That's right. <laughs> he didn't. So we haven't seen or heard from him. And, well, as we know, Kane has been terrorizing Lita. We witnessed one of the very few successful weddings in WWE history as, you know, Kane and uh, Lita got married. Matt Hardy, he tried to interrupt the ceremony. And I guess he did, but uh, he found himself on the receiving end of a choke slam off the stage. You know, this wrote him off television. He needed surgery. So we will not see Matt Hardy for another year. So uh, now that Lita impregnated with the demon semen, married to the lamest wrestler in the company, she could just wallow in sorrow, but she's proactively making Kane's life as miserable as possible. She's costing him matches, telling him how much he sucks to his face, and (laughs) she knows she can get away with it because she's carrying his baby. And he does not believe in getting rid of that baby. He wants to carry on his legacy. (laughs) Oh, right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, if he, quote unquote, terminates this pregnancy, uh, he can't do that. I mean, he'd have to find another sacrifice. And the demon. What's he going to do? Impregnate Stephen Richards dresses Lita? No. So there you go. He might try. He's going to have to step <laughs> He might try. Hey, Lita. What? No. Oh. <laughs> you remind me of my friend, Katie Vick. Uh. <laughs> oh, come on. Let's do disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, would, uh, I would love if JR just spit in disgust on commentary at one point. Yes, I would too. Eric Bischoff gives Kane a match at Unforgiven with his contract stating Kane gets to choose his opponent. 
However, Lita informs Kane that since they're married, it's joint property. So she signs the opponent for Unforgiven to be none other than the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. And (laughs) as we talked about, Shawn's been out of action because of Kane. And so now Shawn is ready to return and he is ready to kick Kane's butt. Did Shawn Michaels like have anything to say on TV or is this the first time he's been back? This is the first time he's been back. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> you can tell. Why do you take such I mean, an issue with this? No, I, I'm just taking issue with the story. It's just like, I don't know. It's like Shawn Michaels feels like a, it should be, he should feel like a big deal, but like, it just feels like, oh, well, here he is in this story. I don't know. Maybe it's just it felt a, like a big deal to me. The, it's the young HBK mark in me, I guess. I don't know, folks. I definitely have problems with this match, too, but we'll get to them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to them. The, the real-life reason that Sean had been out for three months was uh, for the birth of his daughter. Aw. How nice for him. So there you go. And with that being said, let's get started. It's the HBKK. Heartbreak kid, kid. Michael. <laughs> Oh, yeah, boo. Yep, it just registered with me. (laughs) Michaels was aggressive early with punches, so Kane bails to the floor. Here takes the powder, folks. All right, enough, JR. Enough, (laughs) enough. (laughs) This is what happens when you... No, never mind. Um, (laughs) We we have to have a JR counter, and we have to have, like, you only get get three after that punishment. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> punishment <laughs> you have to watch one cane match no oh, no no in your free time so back in the ring michaels jumps off the top rope and kane stops him with an uppercut punch to the throat which looked cool but i have to give credit to Shawn michaels because i can't give it to kane so mm-hmm. <laughs> kane hits a clothesline in the corner and he gets the pin for a two count Kane with a body slam, elbow misses, and Sean hits a clothesline that sends Kane to the floor. Michaels with a slingshot crossbody on Kane on the floor. Kane uses Lita as a shield, and he hits an uppercut on Sean. And JR points out that Sean Michaels won't hit a pregnant woman, so that's why uh, Kane did it. And this causes JR to call Kane a cretin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it made me laugh so hard. Oh, that cretin. <laughs> oh, uh, Kane, he clears off the announce table. Kane slams Shawn Michaels onto the table, although it looked a little awkward. Kane picks up Michaels and does a suplex into a slam that sends Michaels through the table. Back in the ring, Kane hits a leg drop for two. Kane hits Michaels with a hard whip into the corner. Kane is in control on the floor, and then they go back into the ring. Michaels hits a boot to the face, but Kane comes back with a sidewalk slam. <laughs> HBK attempts a comeback, but Kane comes back with a two-handed choke slam for two. We get another rest hold by Kane, and the crowd is just not into it. Really? Shawn Michaels <laughs> gets up, but is met with a Kane clothesline. Ooh. We're putting baby clothes on that clothesline. Onesies. <laughs> Ooh, and uh, diapers. What? Maybe <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> you know, as as a father of a newborn, uh, I don't think Kane knows what he's getting into. So, uh, it's... <laughs> Kane's not going to be sleeping a lot. That's all I got to say. And, um... 
<laughs> that's yeah. why it gets those big black eyes. Get ready to stock up on new Tramogen. Yeah, that's why it gets those big black eyes. No, that's why it gets. That's why it gets those big black eyes. Big black it's just eyes. So sweepy. Yeah. Kane and his on again, off again decision to put eye makeup on that he's never ever been consistent with. <laughs> yes. It just makes him look sleepy. <laughs> Undertaker won't let him borrow his guy liner. Come on, Undertaker. <laughs> no, Kane. This it's is my eyeliner. It makes me look sexy. Be all the fury of Kane. Hi, Ned. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he told Lee. Welcome to hunting and killing with Uncle Jimbo and Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Michaels comes back with a DDT out of the corner, which led to applause from Lita. Michaels with a flying forearm, which sees both men down. Kane raises up, <laughs> which makes JR say, pure evil. Uh, I also like that when Kane says up, he's like, all right, is she gonna? Yep, there he is, sitting up. <laughs> it, made, it just made me laugh because all he did was sit up. <laughs> pure evil. Uh, this is followed up by a kip up from Shawn Michaels to pop the crowd. Kane whips Michaels into the turnbuckle, leading to a big bump over the top to the floor, Ric Flair style. Kane sends Michaels headfirst into the still steps, and Michaels is now bleeding from the head while Kane gets a chair. Why did it take them this long in a no DQ match to make it fun? I know, right? That's what I was thinking. I was like, this is no DQ, right? Yeah, what, what the hell? It's taking a while, isn't it? We don't want catch us catch can when you can bash your opponent with a chair. Yeah, we, we don't want catch up. can <laughs> when we can use a trash can. That's right. We want, hell yeah, brother. We call that coach's coach can wrestling. <laughs> Kane and Michael slug it out with Kane getting the advantage by hitting an elbow that sends Michaels to the floor. Kane went for a boot against the post, but HBK moves. Mike- at this point, at this point, I'm sorry, I got to. This made me, this made me laugh. At this point on commentary, uh, Jim Ross is uh, kind of running down Kane, and uh, King is like, "Well, would you like Kane?" And he's like, "Oh, I guess I'm not a Kane fan." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, me too, Jim." <laughs> <laughs> I, I love, and this is, I think, the point when um, I, I think he starts ragging on Jr. for hating people who aren't from Oklahoma. <laughs> And like, he, well, you're just prejudiced against anybody who's not from Oklahoma. <laughs> well, that's not true. And like, that starts like this whole thing that will continue throughout the show that cli- mm-hmm. that comes to a climax later. Uh, comes to what? Uh, no. <laughs> Chief Morley, get out of here! <laughs> I'm going to grow marijuana and invest in NFTs and stupid stuff. <laughs> I got a stupid monkey profile picture. And just hate everybody in the world. Please don't hey, left click and save. You have to delete that. You don't own that picture. Okay. <laughs> Neither do you. Wait, what? <laughs> okay, Michaels then sends Kane into the ring post. Michaels hits an atomic drop, followed by a clothesline. Michaels up top and connects with a beautiful diving elbow drop off the top. Michaels had one of the best of those for sure. Mm-hmm. He sets up for sweet chin music as the crowd comes alive, and Kane counters with a big boot to the face, which was kind of cool. Kane hit his usual clothesline off the top rope, 
He grabs Michaels by the throat, so Sean hits a low blow right to the berries. Ooh. Right to the brimstone. It's no DQ, I, so there's nothing wrong with that, folks. I believe I believe in, in HBK down to my bone marrow. <laughs> That's a weird way to say it. Down to my nucleus of my DNA. <laughs> Deep down inside me, there are things called corks, and I believe in HBK and them, too. I believe in them all the way down to my deepest thetan levels. No, Jared's a Scientologist, no! I believe in the big man upstairs, dude. I believe in the prophet Muhammad. All praise to Allah, brother. (laughs) So, like, Undertaker decided to convert religions? That was more Hulk Hogan, but yes. (laughs) So he did it as Hulk. Like the Undertaker. It's not like the Undertaker. Well, if I was an Undertaker, I I would say, I believe in the big man upstairs. See, mine was more fun. I believe in the big man upstairs, dude. You reminded me of like. Tell you something, brother. (laughs) Let me think of his Hall of Fame. You made me think of Taker's Hall of Fame speech. That's what it reminded me of. Let's not be reminded of his freaking TED talk. You you can. I see people online like that speech was amazing. It was like second best to like whatever, and I was like, no, God, it was long. I was thinking that, you know, more like when he's, I believe in the big man. He's like, I'm a fire-breathing dragon. (laughs) If I want to be a tattooed fire-breathing dragon, then that's all right. Then you got Macho Man coming like, yeah, the teachings of the Buddha teaches us that if we want good things to come to us, we must be the good things that are in the universe. Oh, good Lord, this is not what I needed today. Macho Man being a Buddhist. Let's finish this cave match. You're pacifist, uh huh. <laughs> I don't believe in the harming or the killing of any person, thing, or living being on this planet. No, What's sir. up with the fat man sitting under the tree for seven years? Ooh, he yeah. sat there and he became enlightened, yet he was the heaviest. <laughs> yeah, I shaved my head, I got the robes. <laughs> They oh call me the Dolly Macho. <laughs> he became enlightened, yet was the heaviest man. <laughs> I learned to truly eat a peach, not merely consume it. <laughs> enough, enough! Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, just, I just want buzz. I would love. I would love their videos. <laughs> if it's just a Buddhist gimmick and WCW or you know, something. Some people go like, "What the hell?" <laughs> Oh, Macho Man's having an identity crisis, according to the Ruthless Pod. It's like it's that's what he should have done instead of having like midlife crisis Macho Man with like Gorgeous George and WCW. He should have just been Buddhist Macho Man. That'd been awesome. Oh Lord, no! (laughs) (laughs) I learned to eat a peach, not merely (laughs) consume. Oh, it's so dumb. Okay, all right, let's finish this match. Um. <laughs> yes, yes. Get it. Out. All right, get it out. Get it out. Get out right now. The end. Is the match over? Do we, is, is it done? Is, is now sixteen again. Heck, heck <laughs> it, man. So far, some great bangers, man. I'm all about yeah. now sixty nine. Eh? Oh, that's coming out next week. I oh, found no. a reason for me. Okay. <clears throat> uh. So. Um, 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 Lita grabs a chair uh, before Kane can grab it, and Kane yells at her, Why do you have my chair, stupid? So Michael's back to his feet, 
goes for sweet chin music. However, Kane reverses. However, Michael slips out and hits sweet chin music, literally sending Kane flying down to the mat in hilarious fashion. He gets the pin in 18 minutes, two seconds, which is 18 minutes and two seconds longer than any match that Kane is in <laughs> should be. Kyle, let's start with you. What did you think about the match? Uh, I got to say, I put this in my notes, that just the, the pure thing of Shawn Michaels being in this match just elevated from bad to just kind of just boring by default, you know? Yes. Kane does not need to wrestle matches this long. It just really exposes just how ugh he is. He, like, wrestles like a big man, but, it, like, that's it. He has no flair and nothing interesting. It's just... Man, I was bored this whole match. <laughs> like, it's just weird seeing HBK out there just trying to give him stuff, trying to get the crowd into it. But I just get the vibe from him that even even HBK does not really care. <laughs> and so I don't either. So, uh, yeah, thumbs down on my part. Also, real quick, why the hell does Jim Ross keep calling the Big Red Machine when he's, like, mostly wearing black gear and he has no Big Red mask or Big Red suit or anything red other than fire? Perhaps he's doing what we would like to do and remember the olden days of Kane when he was better. <laughs> if anything, that just remember proves what I say. That just that's just Kane's just been coasting off of of 1997 for this long. <laughs> Anyways, thumbs down if I didn't say it. I'll, yeah, I'll go next. Thumbs middle. Not even HBK could save this. You know, they tried to bring it back and make it exciting, but the beginning was too plotting. And as noted, I'm sick of Kane. And hey, mm -hmm. did you know? Kane has only won one pay-per-view match this year. He is one in five on the year. Oh, my God. He sucks. Yeah, we keep, he, Statistically, we keep he sucks. I did not like this match. You know, a lot of the things that we talked about already, but in addition to all this, like, this was just a Shawn Michaels sell fest. I mean, he mm. didn't do anything this entire match. All he did was get his ass kicked. And then... When he was done with that, he hit Sweet Chin Music, and that was it. It, it wasn't a good match. Mm -hmm. um, Kane is boring. The whole mystique of Kane is blown. I can't watch a Kane match. I was in the other room the first time I watched this, just kind of uh, not paying attention. And then as I heard Kane come to the ring, I heard his pyro go off again. I'm like, well, I don't need to watch this match. Because I already know. I already know the outcome. It's gonna Kane's gonna lose because he already blew off his pyro in the in the stadium, and that that really hurts the the mystique of Kane. Um, there's no drama ever in a Kane match because you know you know how it's gonna end. Right. Uh, I will say that whenever I hear Kane's music, I hearken back to a happier time when I was in high school listening to the Daredevil soundtrack, <laughs> and uh, that, that song came on, and I'm like, Oh wait, hey, wait, wait! This sounds a lot like it would be Kane's music. And then I find out later that he is he's using it. And I was I, like, oh. Well, I think you mean cool. I think you mean the Punisher. Yeah, that's what I meant. Because uh the Daredevil soundtrack had Wake me up, wake me up in the getaway. Alright, Kane sucks. Moving on. Kane sucks. Thumbs down. It's, it's funny, you mentioned the mystique of Kane. Like they've spent the last like three or four years completely obliterating any mystique. <laughs> right. Ugh. 
We cut backstage to Triple H and Todd hey. Grisham. And uh, I drifted in and out of boredness with this promo. <laughs> so here's yes. what it, here's a transcript of what was said. <laughs> Triple H said that Randy Orton is just a regular guy that spent his whole life worried about potential and how much he had. Triple H said Orton was a loser until he met him, which is true. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all remember little boy Ben, Randy. Hunter, uh, Triple H spoke about how in this life, people gravitate towards greatness, and in this, in this business, they gravitate <clears throat> to him. Hunter said, but that's only because he's married to the boss's daughter. Ooh. Ooh. Oh. Triple H said that Orton is very, very good and not as good as Triple H. Triple H said that Orton will learn he is nothing without him. Triple H claims the World Heavyweight Championship means more than life itself. Hunter points out that Orton spit in his face, so later tonight he will spit in our face, as in the fans. When he walks out as the World Heavyweight Champion. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying all the ruthless action, but much like Kane, we've got to just go away for a while. Just go away. (laughs) You don't like me because I don't sign autographs. You don't like me because I tell you what's on my mind. But you love me. Because I'm one of the greatest hitters alive. On the night Stan Ross got his 3,000th hit, he knew he had his ticket to the Hall of Fame. Who got my damn ball? I got mine. It ain't nothing in the world you can do about it. From that moment on, 3,000 wasn't just his record. It was his whole life. Bring the whole family to Mr. 3000 Shopping Center. 3000 cuts, 3000 walks, 3000 balls. <laughs> Ten years later, this legendary player. You can't tell when they have something pretty special. Good night. I had your toenails popping off like Redenbach. Is finally going to be recognized. Say Hall of Fame! Say it again! As baseball's biggest error. Stan Ross, Mr. 3000, has only 2,997 hits. What type of board is that? The Hall of Fame vote is in, and Stan Ross is not. I can't let him do it to me. Now, I'm picking up my bat and getting three more hits. He's got to make the game's most unlikely comeback. How many push-ups can you give me? About 40, 50. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that's one. The media thinks he's a joke. Stan Ross's first week at bat was kind of like his first week out of the womb. Whole lot of just flailing around. <laughs> the team thinks he's over the hill. Oh, oh, oh. That's a girl push-up. That don't count. Who said girl push-ups don't count? Yeah, who said girl push-ups don't count? But the guy who used to play only for himself... Little old school is exactly what this team needs. ...is showing everyone... Do me on this. How to play like a team. Bernie Mac. What the hell was you thinking? Swimming all up in the dirt. Angela Bassett. You sounding like a team player. Stan, listen, man, I hope you weren't listening to all the trash we were talking about. Tom, you wouldn't even be where you are if it wasn't for Roseanne. (laughs) Mr. 3000. What you wanna do? How you wanna do? From the clubs to the streets, we can get into it. Always going down. Right about now. Let's put them hands up. Let's tell this club down. What you wanna do? How you wanna do? From the clubs to the streets, we can get into it. Always going down. Right about now. 
put them hands up. Let's tell this club back. What up? Two rooms, one city. Def Jam, fight for New York. We ready to come at you. Tag title matches. Takes on Tajiri and Rhino. Before we get started, I just want to shout out TJRWrestling.net and specifically John Canton for the notes for this match because I did not pay much attention to it. So <laughs> let's get started and let's get finished. You, you know what I mean? Listeners, in I the, hope you don't. And I was going to say, in the words of Larry the Cable Technician, let's get her done. <laughs> The fact that anybody on this planet, namely wrestlers, could make Rhino into Jerry, the Japanese buzzsaw, and the man beast boring says a lot about that mm-hmm. performance. Yep. To Jerry starts off with Grenier. Not much happening. Headlocks. You want to start the match with a headlock? What's wrong with you? Yep. Rhino tags <laughs> in. He gets a Spigingo in on Rob Conway. Wonderful. Wonderful move. He teases a gore, but nothing happens. Crowd is dead. JR, he says, oh, the, the crowd was buzzing after that. Great Shawn Michaels came in. No, no, it wasn't. No, they were not. The Hills, in, or Law Resistance, end up isolating Rhino for a minute. Ooh, how fun. How how exciting. Tajiri gets a kick on Conway. That's great. We love Tajiri kicks. He should do more of them. JR selling mm-hmm. it big on commentary. Uh, Tajiri knocks Rhino off the apron. Awesome. Uh, Conway gets a DDT attempt. Sloppy. And you know what? I like Rob Conway's wrestling. He's okay. But the main focus is Sylvan, and he sucks. Mm-hmm. Conway, clothesline on Tajiri. Hills isolate Tajiri for a few minutes. Grenier hit a backbreaker on Tajiri for two. Yawn. Conway grounded Jerry with a chin lock. Yawn. JR said they were against La Resistance, the crowd that is, as they chant USA. Rhino tags in against Grenier, running clothesline. You know, Rhino's trying to get that hot tag in. Uh, Rhino has a spine buster for two. Kanye makes the save. We had a double spine buster by Law Resistance. Uh, JR calls it a flapjack. Um, uh, the match ends uh, when Tajiri, he sends uh, the flag, the the Quebec flag into the groin of Grenier. Rhino hits a gore. 
which is the only reaction the crowd gave. Conway put Grindy's mm-hmm. foot on the rope, though, on the pin. The ref tries to break up to Jerry and Conway on the floor, so Grand Ray uses the top of the flag to jab right on the chest, and Grandier covers for the win in nine minutes. Okay, so thumbs non-existent, and here's why. <laughs> and here's why. I hate everything about La Resistance. I hate mm-hmm. the Eiffel Tower. I hate Eiffel 65, not really. I hate <laughs> French Canada. Every La Resistance match I've seen in my life has been against my will. How these guys... And this gimmick outlasted Sean O'Hare, Zach Gowan, Mordecai, the FBI, Shaniqua, Sheriff Stone Cold Steve Austin, and other ruthless aggression greats. I'm sure I'm missing. I will never know because these guys need to get off my television. I hate Law Resistance. Why are they still on TV? Okay, here, here's, a, here's a question. I mean, it's it's pretty easy answer, but I want to ask it just for the sake of our listeners and banter. Uh, what would you rather watch? Another Law Resistance match or another Dudley Boys opener? <laughs> Dudley Boys. I hate Law Resistance. <laughs> at least fair, I can fair, laugh fair. at Blubber Ray. You know? <laughs> oh, my balls! Like it's the one big spot he does. <laughs> <laughs> there is simply nothing intriguing about Law Resistance. Mm-hmm. G- give me one pro. I, th- there's many cons, Conway. Give, give me pros for Law Resistance. Anybody? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, just, uh, just to be positive, I didn't think it was that bad. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I thought it was stinky, but it was entirely because of law resistance. Like, man, they were sloppy. Like, there's that point when, like, I thought maybe Jr. was just not making making a mistake, but it's like I think either they didn't tag or they just forgot to, and they just had to roll with it because the ref just rolled with it. It was crap. Sylvain Grenier, you suck. Rob Conway is passable, <laughs> but in this, like, no, no, no. I felt bad for Tajiri and Rhino because Rhino's looking good in 04. Like, that guy looks awesome. Yes. They just, God, what are they doing? These two are so much better. <laughs> they should be fighting literally anyone but Lars Estance. Why I think are they it's a worth... tag team. It's the most random tag team in the world. I, I, They're both ECW guys. I really disagree that it is not rateable because it is very clearly a big old thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I agree with that. That's not a knock on Rhino and Tajiri. Like, I love those guys. <laughs> love them. They've been saddled with just the worst. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for them. Jake, what'd you think? Big old stanky thumbs down. Um, there was one part where uh, I think it was Tajiri went for the Oklahoma roll. And JR is like, oh, he's got him with the Oklahoma roll. And King immediately like, there you go with Oklahoma again. Like, why are you so <laughs> He's like, well, that's what it's called, King. Oh, man. And during that Oklahoma roll specifically, now you mention it, um, I remember it, it just seemed like Tajiri was just, it was, was it Sylvan he was doing it too? I couldn't remember. But it felt like he was, you could just tell he was just pulling him along. Like, dude did not know how to do that well. Dude's green. He shouldn't be on the main roster. Don't know why he is. Don't know why we need a French I hate America gimmick. It doesn't mm-hmm. work. Nobody cares. He doesn't work, for he is like, an awful worker. We, we they, they Like you said, Levi, we really should have gotten Mordecai and Zach Gowan in a match uh, with Rhino and Tajiri instead of this. <laughs> I, I would have enjoyed that more. Guaranteed. It would have been banter at the very least. Like... If I hear this song one more time, I will simply die and pass away. 
Yeah, and I'm I'm sorry, singing the the national anthem, it that's like that's go away heat stuff for me. It doesn't make me like, oh, you dastardly. Yes, it's yes, like, I'm glad you brought that up. That's not a, that's not a personality trait that you sing that song badly. Like that's no. that's not entertaining. No one likes that, and and not in the sense that ooh they sing the song so bad. Oh, it makes me hate them. No, nobody cares. Stop it. Yeah, and uh, like when they were representing actual France, it was like I get it. Post nine eleven, French oh don't want us to blow up the Middle East, grr. But like, who the hell cares about French Canadians? Like I don't care. They're 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 just people. They're fine. <laughs> like, who the hell cares? What's next? The freaking uh, raging Cajuns. Like, come on now. Anyway, with anyway. that being said, now it's time for the main event of the evening. Oh, yeah.
is an orc's destiny to remain the world's champion and unforgiven. to unpack here so bear with me the night after SummerSlam in which Randy Orton became the youngest world heavyweight champion in history in WWE history that is we saw that Triple H and the remaining members of Evolution turned their back on Randy Orton because after all Triple H is a big jealous man and so Triple H he said you know Randy if you just hand me the world championship all will be forgiven and so Randy, he comes out with his, his title the following week on Raw. It looks like he's going to give him the belt. looks like he, they're going to make amends. But Randy Orton, he holds the belt, and he spits right in Triple H's face. <gasps> and it's kind of gross. Like, he didn't wipe his face off. So he's like, Randy, with big That was saliva. a big glob, too. <laughs> yes, it was. That's why they chose him for the theme. That's why they did saliva for the theme. It was no homage. <laughs> there you go. Come on now. It looks like Randy Orton is a big fat baby face, and like I, like I talked about in the beginning of the show, um, I liked Randy Orton as a baby face. I thought like just like the golden sort of atmosphere to it, the fireworks, uh, the theme music, like man, it, it was just a good package. And so um, I, I bought into Randy Orton as a good guy. I, I was ready to cheer him, but I recognize a lot of people weren't. And I guess you guys weren't watching wrestling at the time, so I guess you guys don't have big opinions on it. But, I mean, I guess taking what we've seen so far, how do you guys feel about Randy Orton being a good guy? Like, are, do you think it's too soon? Uh, not soon enough? Like, what do you think? I think they did a really nice job with the turn. Because it wasn't a... He didn't get over in the sense that people were like, oh, you know, he's so cool and he's so good. We like him because of that. People, like... People got behind Randy because he got screwed and they wanted to see this guy get justice, you know, like going up against Triple H, the guy who's supposed to be his mentor. And you've got the the young legend killer. And oh, well, just so happens Triple H is a legend. How about that? I think it was the right time. I think they did the right thing by making him a face here. And I think the people I think the people were behind him. Yeah, I agree. I, I just, I really love Ranch, Legend Killer Randy. Like, whenever he becomes the Viper, it makes me a little sad because, I don't know, just, I love the, like you said, the golden shower <laughs> and everything. <laughs> but yeah, it seemed like everybody was ready. Like, I was cool with it. Uh, it was cool seeing him with the gold and, you know, that guy's got talent. But, uh, I, uh, I've got other plans. So, yeah, here we are. It's Randy's first title defense. 
and it's against uh, his old mentor, for lack of a better term. But yeah, another thing I want to talk about is this entrance theme, man. I think this is a top-tier entrance theme. I love it. Burning My Light by Mercy Drive. Uh, what do you guys think of, of Randy Orton's theme song here? Love it. I'm glad at one point I got to see it live. If there's anything I could oh, say. Oh, man, that's so cool. That. Great theme. Fantastic. Wish you'd bring it back for one night only. All right, guys, here's a Ruthless Aggression cover because I just got to... <clears throat> Hey, Tim, 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 Yes, very nice, very nice. We all love it. We all say teehee and laugh. Oh, and another thing I want to bring to attention is... uh. You know the uh, the still images they've had for each match on the on the Tron, they've had they have these special pictures for Triple H and Randy Orton that like I guess captures them in their entrance, uh, mm-hmm. and all I could really notice was how protruding Triple H's nipples were, and so H. I wrote here Nipple H. Damn right, they don't call him that for nothing, Mm-mm. or at all, <laughs> <laughs> except us, baby Nipple H. Oh, yeah, we the real ones. I mean, Kyle and I, we were there for WrestleMania 38, and when he came out, we were the only ones in AT&T Stadium yelling, Nipple H. We tried to start a we chant, got, but Kevin Owens, the whole chant. Kevin Owens next to me was not having it. <laughs> Why are you saying that? That's weird. <laughs> the match starts here with um, Randy Orton slapping Triple H, and Jim Ross says, Legal. Insulting, but legal. And Jerry kind of chastises him for it, but uh, Jim Ross stands yeah. his ground. And Jim goes, what do you know about legality, Jerry? <laughs> 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 they wrestle a little bit when Orton slaps Triple H again. And then he spits on him. Oh, my gosh, man. He is disrespectful. Like up a loogie, too. No, man. Randy in the spit. He's a little too good at that. He's like an alpaca. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. I don't know. It's the only thing I can compare it to. <laughs> For some reason, that reminds me of the uh, the Scorpion King video game out around this time. What? I didn't even know they had a Scorpion King video game. Yeah, yeah. Movie Was adaptation. it your favorite? It kind of sucked. <laughs> I rented it um, one time, and I was like, eh. But anyway, <clears throat> both men going back and forth. Orton whips Triple H into the corner, and the momentum causes Triple H to rebound, allowing Orton to hit... Man, Orton not only wants to kill Triple H, he wants to dance on his grave. Orton whipped Triple H into the ropes, leading Triple H to do his bump over the top to the floor. Orton with the clothesline to the floor, and we're back in the ring. Orton knocks Triple H down with four arms, and Triple H comes back with a chop block to the back of the left knee. And as we know, that's an illegal move in football. (gasps) 
Triple H works on the left knee of Orton by bending it back and dropping the elbow on it. Triple H whips the left knee into the ring post a few times. He continues to work over the left knee for a few minutes, and the crowd was just really dead for a lot of this. Triple H, mm-hmm. Triple H does three elbows to the knee. He applies the figure four leg lock, which draws a little response, and uh, Earl Hebner is so distracted by Randy Orton's face that uh, Triple H uses the ropes for leverage for a lot of this. So when Triple H, when he's able to grab the ropes again, Hebner sees it and makes him break it up. So we were in that hold for uh, quite quite some time, nearly two minutes. It's funny, it's like you've been so short and concise with this opening, but I feel like it's been like 10 minutes real time <laughs> as far as a match goes. I know, man. I know that that it was like two minutes real time, but like the hold itself, yeah, ten. It felt, felt like ten minutes. Ever. Yes. Back to the knee with a chop block by Triple H. Orton kicks him away. Triple H goes into the ring post where he uses his hand to block it, and we get a little blood for the game. <laughs> Randy Orton attacks with punches. Triple H kicks the knee, and Orton hits a power slam for two. Randy Orton pounds on Triple H with punches in the corner. We get a thumb to the eye by Orton, followed by a drop kick. Randy Orton sells the knee a bit after the move. Randy Orton hits a DDT for two. This is kind of Randy Orton's comeback, but the crowd's just dead for a lot of it. Not with it, yeah. Mm -mm. Triple H matches and their consequences. Yep. We get a sleeper hold by Triple H, so Randy Orton counters into a sleeper of his own, and Triple H counters that with a back suplex. Triple H jumps off the middle rope for something that just obviously wasn't going to connect, so Orton gets his foot up, leading to Triple H doing a flare-like flop. Randy Orton to the top, and he hits a crossbody block for two. We get a clothesline by Orton, and it sends Triple H to the floor. We're back in the ring, and Orton hits his modified backbreaker for a two-count. Randy Orton goes for the RKO, but Triple H shoves Randy Orton into Earl Hebner. Who would have thought a ref bump in a Triple H match? That dastardly son of a bee. Triple H goes for a pedigree, and Orton slips out and hits an RKO. And wouldn't you know it, here comes Ric Flair. You know what? Generally, I always laugh and enjoy Ric Flair's interference, but I got so annoyed and agitated seeing this man barrel down to the ring because I just knew this match, it's ruined. It's ruined. (laughs) Yep. So Randy Orton knocks Flair down, and, well, here comes Batista. Batista comes in, and Orton, you know, he knocks him down too, uh, shoves him into the ring post with a shoulder, Triple H has a low blow. Oh, Randy Orton, boo. And uh, Triple H needs a ref. So here comes Jonathan Coachman with his referee shirt. He comes down to the ring. One, two, Randy Orton kicks out. (gasps) Orton decks Coach with a punch. We got Batista back in, and he hits a big spine buster on Randy Orton. Triple H goes for the cover. Again, it's only two. And now the crowd are getting into it. Triple H wants a pedigree, but Orton with the reversal into the Spagagow! <laughs> on Triple H, and immediately hits an RKO to Coach. And I thought that was a great sequence, and it got a big pop from the crowd. 
It was fun seeing Coach get RKO'd. Rick Coach Fla- getting come up and says usually pretty fun. Yes. <laughs> yes, I will take Coach getting destroyed any day of the week. Ric Flair's back in, so Orton pokes him in the eye, and Ric Flair sells it so great. He does. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. I was like waiting. my move. Oh, my God. I've been waiting for Ric Flair impressions. We haven't had much of them on this episode. I know. We, we got a whole lot of Jim Ross, a good chunk of Alvino, so we haven't had too much Rick. <laughs> you know, our huge. <laughs> oh, one Rick sec. just uh, got poked in the eye. Huh? I said Ric Flair just got poked yeah, in the eye by Randy. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, come, everybody, th- this is my wife, Stephanie, joining the show. Stephanie, welcome. Oh, hello, hello. All right, you, you said you had a Ric Flair impression? No, I asked if you needed one. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, what what's up? What say? It surprised me. Oh, gosh. Surprised me. I don't like Ric Flair for the record at all. Like, 100%. <laughs> here, here, here. Closer to the microphone. I do not like Ric Flair. <laughs> but, um... Okay. Okay, uh, I'll be Triple H, and uh, you'll be Ric Flair. Okay. Hey, uh, Ric Flair, I need a uh, Ben Gay for my uh, my sore owies. Uh, you got any Ben Gay? I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. My wife's dead. It's a perfect Ric Flair impression. <laughs> she got stage fright. Leave her alone. It's okay. It's okay. She's currently hiding behind a door in the background. Okay, <clears throat> so... Um, I'll do it. Here you go, Triple H, Ben Gay. Okay. Now just edit that in. I never get stage fright. Woo! Never do a day. Okay, so um, so Orton um, pokes Flair in the eye, and he hits him with an RKO. Batista wants a power bomb, so Orton hits him with two fists to the groin, right in the berries. One for each berry. Orton stumbles to his feet. Triple H has a steel chair. And Triple H decks him with the chair. Orton doesn't put his hands up to block it either, so a big owie. He just kind of folds backwards. That's how you know he's a tough boy. So um, Triple H picks up Orton, hits him with a pedigree on the chair, and uh, one, two, three, slow count from Hebner. Triple H is a nine-time world heavyweight champion in 24 minutes, 45 seconds. I'll start. Brother sucks. Brother sucks. It matters not the stipulation, the stakes, whatever. Every Triple H match in this era has ended the same. Outside interference, the match itself, slow start, picks up a bit, ref goes down. This happens every time. Could Mm -hmm. Triple H not think of a more, like, could he not think of more creative ways? And why Mm -hmm. did Orton only get a 30-day reign? Why the sudden swap? Like that, That's the risk you run when you do hokey finishes like that. If the face wins, if the good guy wins, it's fun. Like The crowd were obviously into it when, when Randy was combating these guys. But if he loses, who enjoys that? Freaking Mm-mm. brother sucks, man. The last two matches caused the pay-per-view to end on a wet fart. I've had enough of the reign of terror. It's on the back nine of its life. May it die a great and painful death. 2004 mm-hmm. sucks. And like we said... it. The crowd seemed like they were there for it. They want Randy Orton. I'm down with the with a face champion, and for the most part, and this is why, this is why this Reign of Terror stands out so much is because by and large, WWE has always been, a, like a face, champion promotion. Like the the two notable except the like lately it hasn't been, because of, there are no 
there's no John Cena in the company now. There's nobody like that. Like primarily WWE has always had a face champion. And so to to put Randy on that pedestal and then just have Trips come along and be like, well, I think you had a good reign, Randy, but uh, time for me to get back to what I was doing with this belt. I don't know. I don't like it. Get out of here, Trips. I'm tired of you. Take your big, big red butthole cane and get out of here. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, and it's like, it's really hard for... It's like I want to just kind of think of the match on its own and try to be like, well, here's my opinion on it. But it's really hard to when it feels like this is the same crap we've had over and over again. It's like (laughs) I want to be like every single time. It's just I'm so sick of Triple H's shitty Ric Flair impression (laughs) because he's (laughs) so bad at it. Like so much of the stuff he does. It's like I couldn't help especially think of it during this match. Like there's the part where. Like Randy was knocking him, and he kept re- like Triple H kept rebounding off the ropes into more punches. And I'm thinking like if Ric Flair was doing that, he'd have some personality in it. He'd be selling it really well. Triple H just taking himself seriously is just like ugh, ugh, <laughs> ooh, you hit me. Even like the figure four, he's not like, doing anything ugh. to wrench it. One of your nuts no- are out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's too cool to be the- hurt. Doing the figure four, he's so boring doing the figure four. He puts like no torque or motion or at least anything. Randy, like when he was in the, the headlock early, like you could see him really twer- uh, torquing and, and working that hold. Mm hmm. And yeah, like uh, credit to Randy. Like, I still think the spots where he's shown in this match were good. I wanted him to keep this championship. I did not know the outcome, but kind of like it Levi alluded to, as soon as Rick came out, I kind of figured where it was going. And when it got there, it's like even worse than I could have wanted it so yeah big old fat thumbs down for that for sure well that was unforgiven 2004 and i will never forgive them for making me watch this so yeah i mean tag match opening that's fine ladder match fine everything else no thank you so overall i give this show a thumbs down and uh, man again it's one of those things on paper things look kind of fun but uh in execution no, it's not. Mm-mm. Like, th- th- these shows are making the podcast hard because, like, right. <laughs> I know. Like, hey, we're going to watch, we're going to watch 04. Like, oh, I know. <laughs> it's like, I keep telling myself, um, like, I'm watching it and I'm like, eh, it's going to be a few days of the podcast. I, I don't have to finish it now. And then I just keep putting it off until I'm like, I got to rip this band aid off. <laughs> It's such a it's a chore and like this should be this is supposed to be fun. We're like we're supposed to enjoy this, but it's not fun. It it hurts. It's like hey, remember WrestleMania 19? Wasn't that fun? <laughs> yes, it was. Crack at it. Let's go back in time. Crack at it. Come on. <sighs> All right, guys, smash that like button if you want us to re-review WrestleMania 19. <laughs> Re-re-review it. We'll do a bonus episode. Honestly, like, if it wasn't for, like, the first half not being, like, absolutely terrible, you know, not including Tomko, it's like, take a, that's a piss break kind of thing. And for, like, the, uh, the the IC title match, like, this would have been an absolute misery to get through. And even then, it's not like it was all fun, for sure. Right. (sighs) I mean, and think about it. That ladder match was assembled the raw prior. Like, no build whatsoever. Like, mm-hmm. these... I'm tired of these... Like, why are we paying for... Okay, like, 
putting yourself as a fan back then, why are we paying for this? Why should we pay for this trash? Like, I could not imagine spending, like, pay-per-view bucks on this back in the day. Like, I would have been mad. Oh, my gosh. It makes me sick to think about. Now, I mean, I probably would have enjoyed this as a, as a child, but, like, man, as, a, as an adult, like, no. Like, not not worth it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Standards are a lot lower as a child. <laughs> and it's almost making me, like, I don't know, I feel like... I feel like WWE's gaslighting me in some sort of strange way. Like, <laughs> was I wrong for enjoying this at some time? Like, am I just remembering things incorrectly? Like, what is going on, man? Like when you're, when you're a kid, it's like you just get lost in it, you know? It's like you watch stupid stuff that doesn't age well all the time. Stuff that sucks. You don't care. You're a kid. You're just lost in it. So, no fault on you. It's on WWE. They should be making better shows. Right. <laughs> So I'm gonna take it. You guys give the show overall a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah big, big thumbs up. Pinky thumbs up. <laughs> uh, this is a, a brother rules. Brother no. rules. <laughs> brother still rules. No. Yeah, All right. Well. Uh, like uh, maybe like uh, you know if you just want like a, a nice little fun like hey I, I, I'm on my lunch break I could watch like a little 15 minutes or something go watch the tag match other than that skip everything else. <laughs> Precisely. That was Unforgiven 2004. Please join us next time as we will be reviewing No Mercy 2004. Jake, what can we expect from No Mercy 2004? Are you ready for a show, man? I don't know. I don't know anymore. I'm I'm scared at this point. (laughs) I'm, I'm scared too. All right. So in our opener, we've got Eddie Guerrero. Yay. Against Luther Reigns with Martin <laughs> For the WWE Cruiserweight Championship, Spike Dudley. Eh. With, uh, with Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley will be facing Nunzio with Johnny Stamboli. That, it seems that has a chance to be fun. I have a, I have a soft spot for Spike Dudley. It's, that's just me thing, though. Ever since when I saw him last time, I did not like him. Uh, Paul London against Billy Kidman. <gasps> in a singles match. Yeah. Dissension. Velocity match next. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Kenzo Suzuki and Rene Dupree. Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they will be facing Rey Mysterio and Rob Van Dam for the WWE Tag Team Championship. Uh, oh my gosh! It's, it's like it's like you're telling me you're putting the world's best slice of cheesecake, but you're serving it on top of poop. <laughs> <laughs> Kurt Angle will be going up against the Big Show. Yeah! Yes! That sounds amazing. <laughs> Luther Reigns and Mark Jindrak are banned from ringside. If anyone interferes, they will be fired. Good. Okay, good. I don't want to see them anyway. We <laughs> <laughs> got Booker T. Yeah, it's a book of mangoes. Going up against John Cena for the U.S. or excuse me, yeah, the U.S. Championship. Okay, okay. <laughs> the final match in their best of five series. All right, okay. That's, that sounds promising. So you're saying they did the match five times, five times? No. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> uh, in a mixed tag match, this is your semi-main. Mm-hmm. We've got Charlie Haas, uh-huh. Miss Jackie, and Rico. <gasps> okay, Rico, fair, fair. 
going up against Don Marie and the Dudley Boys. <laughs> what? what? Double Dudley duty? What the hell? Easy dub. Easy dub. A fourth of the matches in this in this show are Dudley Boys. <laughs> and finally, in a last ride match for the WWE Championship, The Undertaker will be challenging John Bradshaw Lafey. Okay, okay. 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 I, I get on board with that. Well, okay. I'll, I'll bite. I'll bite once again. This sounds like it has promise. It sounds like it has potential, but I don't trust 2004, so this is probably going to suck. But who raves about the uh, the classic No Mercy 2004 pay per view? I, I <laughs> I'm hard pressed to think. So we shall see. But in the meantime, if you can't get enough of that ruthless aggression podcast goodness, you can follow us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at RuthlessPod, TikTok at RuthlessPod. You, you can follow us on Instagram at Ruthless Aggression Podcast and Facebook and YouTube, respectively, the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. Jake and Kyle, where can we follow you two dudes? I'll tell you the best place to follow me on Twitter is at Crash Landis. That's where I, uh, I kind of say some things that are maybe a little bit close to the bone because it's not actually my name. I have a professional Twitter, but you know, it's it's less for. You know, fun things like what I do on the internet. Um, you know, you can reach me there. You can find me on uh, my show with Alex and Jake, available at badfacts.info. That's my podcast if you want any more of uh, that juicy, juicy Jake content. And uh, yeah, I'm doing some stuff for the Patreon. So if you're part of the Patreon, you join there. I will watch a show. I will review it. I um, I will I will kind of live react and and yeah, tell you what I what I think about it. So check that out. Do that. Give us money so we can give you more content. That's how this works. Precisely how it works. And Kyle, where can we follow you, good sir? Yeah, you can follow me down the street if you're a stalker. But if not, you can hit me up on Twitter at RuthlessPodKyle. Uh, just keeping a casual over there, having fun. Nothing too serious. Just hit me up if you want to talk and give opinions. Occasionally I uh, live tweet some wrestling. Occasionally I uh, tell you that I, I love you. So hit me up. <laughs> <laughs> And we want to thank our sponsors, Nathie Eppengrave, Mr. Fretz, and Trevor Freilich for their generous contributions to our show. And if you want to be like them, you can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash RAPod. And we appreciate any of your generosity, your monies, and your support. And you know what? You know what's free? Getting the word out. So make sure you make sure you retweet us, you like us, and share us with all your friends. Be like, hey, you remember wrestling from the mid 2000s? No. Well, 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 you should. You know, Tyson Tomko, he's pretty cool, right? <laughs> Who? What? Shut, shut up. Shut up. Yeah, oh, okay. And hey, 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 be sure to leave us a good rating on your podcast app of choice. Yes, sure. Yeah. You, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple, you know, all of them. We're, we're on all of them. So, you know, give us a follow, give us a shout, share us, all that good stuff. But we thank you for listening to this episode. Join us next time for No Mercy 04. And in the meantime, this is the Ruthless Aggression Podcast. I'm Levi. I'm Kyle. I'm Jake, baby. Reminding you to... Be ruthless. Good night, universe.